In a world where geek is now chic, what was once deemed nerdy or geeky has become fashionable. What used to be odd and different is now part of mainstream culture. The way we consume our entertainment has changed with the advent of new and meaningful technology. Comic books are no longer stories just for kids. They've become all-age entertainment with mature subject matter, rivaling the depth of the very best novelists. They've become a driving force behind a large portion of American entertainment. Costuming has gone from being a small but loyal subculture to a highly visible art form thanks to science fiction and comic book conventions that celebrate cosplay and fandom. Thanks to Marvel, DC, Star Wars, Star Trek, and many others, the movie landscape has changed forever. Through Doctor Who, Game of Thrones, The Walking Dead, and more, once genre shows are now mainstream rating giant. We are a podcast that looks at the comic book culture. We are a podcast that talks about the cosplay community. We are a podcast that can't help but dissect the movies and shows we watch. We are. We are. We are. The Galaxy Cast. Galaxy Cast fans, welcome to this episode of the Galaxy Cast number 204. I have with me four people in the studio tonight. I have with me Eric the Artist. Hey, everybody. I have with me Gary the Stud. That'd be me. And we have a guest artist today. I'm going to let him introduce himself. <laughs> Sean. Sean. And Sean's here tonight as kind of our guest in pro and, and say, I guess, because uh, he watched <laughs> The Last Jedi with us. Yes. So he's here excited to talk about so, The Last so Jedi. So just a little background on Sean. We go way back. And to show you how far back we go, I met him, was it ninth grade? Uh, before that. It was like ninth or eighth. It was before 83, though, because 83 was Return of the Jedi. I didn't know him yet. It turns out that a couple years later, and I didn't know this until I found this out, we were both in line for Return of the Jedi at our local mall, and we were about 10 people apart from each other, from what we oh, figured really? where we were sitting in line. He was there with a, another guy who's now my good friend named Bruce. <clears throat> so we all saw Return of the Jedi in the theater, and I know we were that close because you said you didn't make it into the first showing by how many people ahead of you? Uh, very close. Like three or four yeah, or five? Yeah. And I know when we got in, they cut it off about ten behind us. No, oh, So he, he was within 15 people. And <laughs> so that's how I learned, oh, we were in the same line together. So we go way back. We saw Return of the Jedi opening night, and we're longtime Star Wars fans. See, Star Wars brings everybody together. <clears throat> it does. Well, let me introduce myself now. I'm your host, Bob Christman. We we wanted to make sure that everybody got a chance to to meet our new people today. So tonight we're we're going to be kind of splitting this podcast. I know all of you at this point have seen the Last Jedi. At least you better have, because if you didn't turn it off, wait, go see the Last Jedi. Then come back to this episode because we're going to spoil the whole thing for yes, you if are. you don't. So just warning you in advance. So we got a couple things we want to talk about tonight. The big thing we're going to talk about is the Han Solo movie. Why? Because we can. And there's lots of information <laughs> out there. You, thank you, Lego. Right? Yeah, thank you, Lego. And we'll talk about that here in a second. So we can. And that's going to be the first half of the episode. And we decided we were going to dedicate our whole second half 
to The Last Jedi because I know we all have lots to say <clears> and I know we're clamoring at it. Yes. And the ironic thing is we haven't talked about it. No. I'm excited because everybody in this room actually went and saw The Last Jedi together. Now, if you remember back at The Force Awakens, none of us watched it together. We all went and saw it at separate times. I still think that had an impact on some of your points of view on that movie. Sorry, I just really think it did. Garrick's <laughs> <laughs> laughing going, no, I it didn't. <laughs> but I've, I, seen, I've seen it since. So I have, too. I've seen The Last Jedi twice. No, I haven't seen, I've seen The Last oh, Jedi seen, still once. I okay. seen, I'm at Force Awakens. I've Force Awakens you've seen since, right? I still want us to watch it at some point <clears throat> together yes, I agree. and see if we... You know, if it changes your viewpoint on it slightly by watching it together, so we'll we'll do that probably this summer at some point in time when we don't have any more Star Wars Rebels to cover, and we're going to be looking at other things like Star Trek Discovery and some fan films. But I figured The Force Awakens might be a a nice summer film for us to to review at some point. Sure. So let's hit up our big topic for the beginning of the show. We're going to talk about the Han Solo uh, film, and it's just called Solo, and that's so weird. I still I'm. It's st- still throwing me off that we're calling it Solo. Uh, does that? I mean, does that upset you guys? Like, th- there's not some sort of cool, you know, theme to it, or some sort of cool, you know, Solo. I mean, that's it. No, that's all we get. A solo, a Star Wars story. <laughs> you know, like I don't know. I wanted more. I, I just wanted more. Yeah, and, and that makes me wonder because now they're saying it's very, very lo- much looking like there's going to be an Obi Wan Kenobi movie. Correct. With you and McGregor. Yep. Is it going to just be called? Kenobi? <laughs> is that? I mean, is that going to be the way they're going to do these? No, 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 no. They're going to think is outside. Is it just going to be called Fett if they do a Boba Fett movie? Sure. Why not? My no. backpack's got jets. <laughs> I'm Boba. The Fett. Fett. <laughs> Thank you, MC Chris. Thank ha- you. Han Solo is always solo because he was, you know, rogue. He was on his own and he was his own guy. You know, he was not part of the rebels or anything. So, so. there's a double meaning to the title. Yeah. So I, I mean. But you look at the cast for the new film, and it's big, so I don't know. <laughs> Solo and all yeah, his friends. friends. <laughs> right, I know. It's like, yeah. Maybe we'll find out that his real name is, like, uh, Spicy Wiener or something. <laughs> you know? No, real, really. Right, you know? and then Woody Harrelson's going to be, we named the dog Spicy Wiener. Yeah, exactly. You know? I love that dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. This is just too much. 2018's a little out of control here. So, the there's a lot of things going on here, and a lot of it we can actually thank Lego for. Oopsie! So to start this off, let's let's talk about how some of this information got revealed. It was all a big old accident. So we can thank Lego for this because Lego did a big whoopsie. They 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 released their product line for 2018, like any company would do. They're excited. They've got new stuff coming out. There's lots of Marvel stuff coming out. I mean, I was looking at their lineup, going, "Wow, they've got some really cool Lego toys for." Uh, Infinity War, and I'm not a huge Lego person. Like, you know, you look at all the collectibles I have. There's not a lot of Legos in amongst my collectibles, but I'm actually the Avengers Infinity War ones look pretty cool. Do they? Yeah, and I, I, I was like, okay, those look cool. But then I, like everybody else, was scrolling through and went, oh, whoa, there's Han Solo Lego products here. <laughs> this is kind of cool. So was this released on their website? Was on their website, official- yes. Okay. So it was, uh, it was part of their pre. Uh, is it Toy Maker Fair? I think that happens in January. I can't remember oh, the name Toy of the Fair. show. Toy Fair. Toy Fair in New York City. That yeah, I've correct. Drawn You'll at be several dr- times. drawn at. I, yep. I'm not this year, as far not as I this know. Year? But. Okay. So they, this was like their pre Toy Fair uh, stuff. So basically, this this was the online release of the information, and you can go to Toy Fair and you can get a chance to see it in person and and, and live it right there. Well, in the process, they basically released 
all this information about the Han Solo film, the character names, some of the ships you're going to see. Apparently, there's a new type of stormtrooper we're going to see. There's definitely TIE fighters in it because there's two types of TIE fighters in the Lego products. They're Millennium Falcon, obviously. I mean, that's pretty obvious. <laughs> but all these other characters got released as well. So Disney, I think, just because they're kind of like, well, Lego let the cat out of the bag. I guess we should just let everybody know this is true so thanks to merchandise leaks we now know some information so we we know now that uh woody harrelson uh is gonna play am i getting this right he's tandy newton correct no no he's <laughs> tobias beckett sorry he's tobias beckett and so correct me here because i'm i'm still oh i'm i'm in the wrong so we're at the reddit post right yeah, is that yeah. what we're looking at okay so <laughs> tobias beckett is gonna be played by woody harrelson uh, Clark is going to be played by Kira, or Kira. I think it's supposed to be Kira. Quay Tulsa. Other, other way around. Kira is going to be played by Clark. Thank you. Kira is going to be played <laughs> by Clark. It's true. Quay Tulsite is going to be played by Newton. DDBD is going to be played by Waller Bridge. <laughs> by the way, that's supposed to be now the first official female droid right. in a Star Wars franchise. Moloch and Rebolt were some of the other names that we saw in there. Um, there is a minifigure called the Death Star Trooper. You know, a lot of people are wondering if that means that the Death Star is going to appear. I, I don't think that's the case. I think what you're going to... I think the reason they're calling it the Death Star Trooper, there's been some pictures from the set, and it's the guy who's got the bucket on, like the Death Star Trooper. But he's not wearing black jumpsuit. He's wearing a gray jumpsuit. So I think that's why they're calling it a Death Star Trooper, because it has that look to it. Uh, it also confirms that Han's homeworld uh, is Corellia. Okay. And Mimban, which is going to be a planet that's going to be seen. That's from the Clone Wars, I guess. So what do you guys think about this? I mean, the idea that we're leaking out uh, information this way from Disney. Uh, the fact that Lego kind of used it oops, and uh, re- released this information. You got to be, if you're always a conspiracy theorist, was it an accident? Right. <clears throat> With Toy Fair coming, Disney's got to know what they're going to have there. Right. So, so... I don't know. I don't know if it's as big of an accident as they're claiming. Yeah. But there's been no marketing really for the show, so you know I think maybe this is their marketing it's a little bit. Yeah, we're waiting for the big well, push to that's, happen. That's what there's been a lot of talk about: is why haven't we had a trailer? Why haven't we had our uh, pr- promotional artwork? Why haven't we had pr- anything practically than the title? <laughs> And there's been rumors that it's they're worried about it bombing, especially after the divisiveness of... Well, that did come out in a Reddit Jedi. story just before the end of the year, <clears throat> before the end of 2017. That I was going to point out. Reddit came out with an article that Disney is pretty much planned, planned on Solo bombing. Which is crazy. Which is crazy. But, I mean, if you look at what they're doing, it actually, they're setting it up. I think by bomb they mean not making a billion dollars. Well, that's okay, and I'm going to talk about that in a second too because yeah. you're right. Okay, wait. So what did, what did Rogue One make? What was its final total? It crossed the billion dollar mark. It did cross the billion dollar mark. Sorry, I'll, I'll pull up some of those. And those. for a, for that being their first non major series, it did really well. So maybe for them a bomb would be six hundred million, and they're like, well, that's not what a solo Star Wars movie should be doing. You know, all the movies should cross. Well, that's, you know, what what do you consider a bomb anymore? You know what I mean? So worldwide box office for, you were asking about which one? Rogue One. Rogue One. Which I don't see on there. Uh, It's right here. Oh, wait, there it is. One billion. One billion. So it crossed the billion dollar mark. Crossed the billion dollar mark. 
I mean, even domestic, 532 million. <coughs> right. Even, yeah, domestic, 532 million is nothing to sneeze at. Correct. I mean, that beat out episode two, episode three. Um, Pretty close even, to even episode yeah. five. I mean, that's, uh, you know. Although, are those adjusted for inflation? Well, those those are the original. Yeah, so, that, so that's not adjusted yeah. for inflation. Those are probably so a lot to, higher. Correct. And that's, you know, that's why a lot of people argue, well, A New Hope, it's not fair to compare it to today because it's not. Right. Billion dollar movies didn't exist in 1976 that just wasn't a thing it just you know so you know i I agree with you when you when you start looking at the marketing side of it and and you start uh looking for the inflation side of it but But, so far i dragged you off so you were saying the article came out about disney worried about solo bombing well think about this for a minute when's han solo coming out i don't know may is it a may release it's a may release so it's a the week before infinity war Oh. Or two weeks before, I think. Oh, no, sorry. You're right. It's two weeks before. Well, yeah. if they've got two weeks to rule the box office before they get kicked. But Infinity War, I mean, you know once Infinity War comes out, it is going to kick the crud oh, yeah. out of the Han Solo movie. So part of me says they're doing that because they don't have the faith in the movie. They know. They already know looking at the movie, it's not going to pull in the billion they're expecting. It's got two weeks. It's got two weeks to pull it in. And what's and it up? What's, what else is releasing with it? Oh, that's a good question. Let's find out what's going on that weekend. Anything else those weekends would be a good question. They don't know what it's about. Okay, so yeah, Infinity Wars. You're right, actually. So I apologize. Infinity Wars is coming out on Star Star Wars Day. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Oh my gosh, that is so (laughs) ironic. So Infinity Wars coming out on May 4th. So that's right. And Han Solo is coming out May 25th. Okay, so there's two weeks for them. (laughs) For you know what though? But think about this: Deadpool 2 is coming out on June 1st, a week later. That it's in a really it's in a bad spot. The, it it, it's it's not in a great spot, and, and it tells me that Disney has no faith in the movie. What's after Deadpool two? Anything um, else big? Ocean's eight, Ocean's eight, Incredibles six. two, which oh, is another Disney June, film, June fifteenth, Jurassic, Jurassic Park. So mm-hmm. when you look at the when you look at the date release, it's just like Disney put it in a spot where they were kind of like that looks good because it may not do well, <laughs> you know. Just I mean, when you look at the release dates of these films. I don't think they have a lot of faith in what's going to happen with this movie. I want to have faith in it, but what I'm reading from people who are involved is you don't want to have faith in this movie. I've, like I've you, even heard that uh, Ron Howard ended up shooting even more than they're admitting. Reshoots on. So it. here's what I have. I did have a friend I talked to recently. He has lots of, just so you know, Sean, he has lots of <laughs> friends right. in the I'm industry. doing air quotes. People. Well, and I say that because I don't like <clears throat> to talk about right. who I know no. because it gets them in trouble. But my one friend said that basically when Ron Howard came on, they started test footages and, and groupings and stuff like that. And Ron Howard looked at all of it and said, nope, none of it. Get rid of it so all. So it's 100% reshot. He about, he, they said there's about 1% of the movie. <laughs> and, and only because there were clips actually that hit the cutting room floor that Ron liked and brought back. Because they were good action clips that actually had some decent CGI on them. He brought back some of the clips they got rid of and tossed everything the two producers when had When did this wrap? It wasn't point. that long ago. Sometime in the fall, right? Uh, well, it, would, it was supposed to wrap at the end of October. It officially wrapped the third week of November. Which gives them about a half them, year. Yeah. A little over a half year yep. to put the whole... Just about, about, just about five months. On it. That's right. ridiculous. Yeah. So it, it's not, you know, it's not a lot of time. According to the rumors coming out of Disney currently, the upper echelons who have seen it don't like it. They don't like it. I, th- I was thinking that a lot of this was 
just managing expectations and getting sure, everybody's expectations down so everyone's pleased. Sure. When they see it finally. And yeah. That, that is a big part. I mean, that's huge. If you can do that a bit. But here's the problem. That's a double-edged sword. You manage too much and you don't promote, you don't get your audience. Yeah. Right. And I think that is a problem that they're trying to balance out right now is promotion versus the name. You know what I mean? It is Star Wars. You know? I mean, I hear we're, we're trailer any day. Is we are. That's what I've heard too. Yep. I was amazed, quite honestly, they didn't throw a trailer in for The Last Jedi. Yeah. It would have been a perfect place to throw a great trailer in even if you just had han solo step up pull out a blaster and be like give you a smirk yeah like i got a bad feeling about this right you know and then han solo would have heard that right like we would have got to hear that phrase during the last jedi right you know (laughs) or or just uh, you never heard of the millionth falcon yeah some or how about the kessel run you know i mean like something you could have just like i said just have the guy come out looking like han solo Say something cool. Because we've still officially not seen him. No. And what the look is, what the right. hair nope. is, and and what his mannerisms are. And I, I don't think it's the right guy for Han Solo. I, I got no I, I, expectations for him I, because of that. I wanted the guy who played him in Age, Age, of, Age of Adeline. The one I, the guy I showed oh, you, yeah, yeah. who does the impersonation. Yes. He was perfect. Yeah. yeah. I read that they got <laughs> acting classes for him halfway through. Yeah. Aaron Ironreich? That's, yeah. Yeah, they, yes, yes. And the reason <clears throat> being... What the producers wanted him to do with the Han Solo character is not. That's actually what started the whole. And got him, the first directors fired. Correct. That's he contacted Disney after the acting classes got asked for, because they were asking him to go to acting classes because he couldn't pull humor off. Uh. And Iron Reich said, "But wait a minute, this is Han Solo. It's not a comedy. It's not a comedy." And they were directing it as if it were. There was a lot more humor in it than okay. Disney ever intended. Right. And when they looked at it, that's what got the directors fired. Yeah. It was basically being thrown out there as a Disney... It was a Star Wars comedy, almost making fun of Han Solo yeah. to an extent. I mean, maybe even Guardians of the Galaxies in feel or something Well, really that, that very much is kind of what I'm getting the impression of. Like, they were looking like Guardians of the Galaxy-esque. And, and so that's when a lot of people were like, wait a minute... Have the directors even watched Star Wars? You know, like so there, were, there were some questions on set okay. about like had the directors ever seen a Star Wars film? Do they know what they're getting themselves into? I don't think they really did, and I don't think Disney. They, and what were they famous for doing? Cloudy with a chance of meatballs, right? <laughs> I mean, right. that's that's a weird choice to make for. Hey, we're gonna do a Han Solo movie. Let's do that. Well, and honestly, I don't think Disney did their homework in picking the directors at first. I just think they picked <clears throat> some. Young and directors this, for, for, to do it. You know what I mean? This is why I, when people say, oh, no, they're thinking about the stuff behind the scenes and they're connecting everything that I doubt it at times and I worry. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I'm more concerned about we haven't heard other names being dropped. Where's Lando Calrissian? Right. Uh, no, Donald Glover is playing him. Right, but we haven't heard much about that. No. You know what I'm saying? We've seen, I've seen we, one picture seen of him. Have we seen him in I've the... S- I've seen one picture that was a set photo, and he clearly had the mustache, wasn't in full costume. Okay. Had the good look. I think he's, I think he's right. going to be the best part of the movie. Of all the characters, he's the one I'm actually least worried about, because I think he actually is a fan, and he'll make sure... Oh, God, he's going to be great. Lando will be Lando. I, but... like, I like Donald Glover a lot, and he. I had, boom, no, as soon as they cast him, I'm like, okay, there you go, I can't think of anybody better. But there's other people in that could be in the movie that we're not even... There's We're not even hearing about. You know what I mean? Yeah, we, I haven't heard nothing about Chewbacca either. I was about to say, yeah, we, we haven't. I seen mean, what's his name? Is playing it the new guy, the, the new Chewbacca the basket, basketball player from Europe. Yeah, his name. Uh, he, and I can't remember he, his he, name. He took over from the Last Jedi. Yeah, on, but is he going to be in? I think, but we haven't I think heard. he's supposed to be. I haven't heard nothing about it. I thought I heard, but I'm not sure. I'd have to look. He hasn't even been on the set photo. That's the scary right. part. 
So we haven't heard about Chewbacca at all. Well, what if they're going to pull the last Jedi in the very last scene? Is he's going to meet Chewbacca? Maybe. Maybe <laughs> Chewie's going to finally save his life, and that's what yeah. starts the life debt or whatever it is. Uh, but we haven't heard about Chewbacca at all. We haven't even heard about even you know. I, I don't know people like Lobot. You, you, you know what I mean? Like, there's so many things you could throw into this mm-hmm. that we're not even hearing. So we're hearing these weird characters' names out of nowhere, and I think that's going to be a, th- a throw-off for yeah. Star Wars fans. DDBB. Right, DDBD or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, EBDB Buck or whatever. And what about TC14 there in Phantom Menace? Yeah, that'd be the first female. That, oh, that's true. Because that one was, was that? Female one was that? The one that brought out the drinks oh, for uh, the drinks Man for Obi Wan. That's oh, kind of yeah, a lie, yeah, yeah. isn't it? Then yeah. that's yeah. a really a lie. Was it, yeah, that was a female. Was Do you guys it? remember the big yeah. controversy about the Force Awakens when it first started <clears throat> filming? The Force Awakens or Phantom Menace? The Force Awakens. Do you well, remember the big controversy? BB-8 was going to be a female yeah. droid. Yep. Oh, I, I remember see, the I didn't, fans went freaking crazy. I didn't even hear that until after it came out that it was supposed to be. A oh female. yeah, I mean, I it was, had no idea. It was the talk of the town for like three or four months that BB-8 was going to be this female droid and you know it's funny because some Star Wars fans were like oh my gosh that's awful why would you do that and other people were like this is great and awesome I remember Gary and I were like who cares like it's a droid it's not like you're going to lift the skirt and go oh look it's a male or a female it's a freaking droid it interacts with computer who's cares how about the one that delivered Luke and Leia was that a female I would think so Polis Massa right the I think Polis Massa was supposed to be a female droid because she acts female at least I mean listen to the voice Right. What is it? It was a girl doing it, I think. Ooba dooba. Come on. <laughs> I got my uh, oven mitt and my spatula. <laughs> <laughs> let's get let's deliver a kid. <laughs> Come on, bring it in. <laughs> so I don't so what do you think? What do you think about solo, about there being no trailer, about the Lego leaking it, does it seem like a huge comedy of errors or is there a, is there a through line behind this that Disney has control of? Personally, I think Disney is trying to control the press in their own way. I think they're manipulating their press in their own way. I don't think they have any other choice at this point because I just don't think they've got a product to present or we would have seen it. I mean, we should have seen something at Last right. Jedi. We and that's, that's where part of me says if they had faith in this, there would have been a trailer in Last Jedi. Mm. There already would be a marketing campaign. There would be a ramp up between Last Jedi mm-hmm. and the Han Solo movie. I mean, think about it. We're pretty much getting one movie almost right after the other. I mean, I know they're saying it's not in the same year, but considering the release date of the Last Jedi, it's pretty darn close. Yeah, it's, it's six it, months apart. It's six, not even. Yeah, not even. It's it's four, right? Four or five. And and so when you look at the when you look at the ramp up, there isn't one. It doesn't exist currently. So so wait, okay. Do you think? We're going to get a date change on Solo. I think it's a potential reality. All of a sudden, Christmas 2018. I, I, I really think it's a potential reality, and I think we should all prepare for the potentiality that there may be. I mean, um, didn't didn't um, the date change for Rogue One once? Twice. Twice. Because, twice. Of, because of the reshoots. Correct. It came out okay. Yep. I know you didn't like it. I liked it a lot. but I've gotten better about it. Okay. When I first saw it, not a fan. It took me three or four viewings before I started settling in being okay with it. Like, mm. I don't hate it like I did the first time. Or, like, the first time I was like, hated oh, it. That's fascinating. I, I know, right? <laughs> what, what, what did you like about it, though? We went over well, yeah. well, it. I just want to... I know, I know. It, to me, it didn't feel Star Wars-esque. You know what I mean? It, it felt very much outside of the realm of Star Wars. And I've talked about it before, too. Like, military-wise, there's some things that still don't make sense. Like, why would you go to a tropical planet with heavy winter coats on? Not the smartest plan they've ever had in their life. And then it just seemed choppy. The story seemed very 
kerplunked and choppy. I know they were trying to parade a through line, but I felt like it was very forced, the through line that was going on there. No pun intended. Um, yeah, no, no pun intended there. And part of me would rather they just had taken the two guys at the temple, just make them Jedi. No, don't make them Force-sensitive, whatever you want to call it. Just make them Jedi. I would have actually been cool with that. And then I really don't like the saying. I'm one with the Force, and the Force is with me. I don't get that. Right. Compared to everything else that we've learned about the Jedi and the Force and everything else, it made it feel like religion-ish, and I've never seen the Jedi thing as being religion. Do you get what I'm saying? Okay, but you go back to New Hope. Yeah. The first thing Han Solo says to Obi-Wan, I don't believe Hokey, in Hokey religion. I, I get what you're saying. So, But I think that's an outsider's take well, on an insider thing. Do you know what I'm saying? That's what they're saying he was. He wasn't a Jedi. He was an outsider. So right. he still treated it kind of like a religion. I, I get what you're saying. Trained. I'm just saying that's from, here we go, from <laughs> Han Solo's point of view as opposed to being on the inside. Right, where, right. Well, where I feel like Chirrut Emway's point of view was it was a religion and, and he was treating it as such and I don't well, think it yeah. was ever intended to be that. Yes, he was treating it as a religion because he's not a Jedi. That's why he was doing it. Right, and it just felt weird. Like I said, I would have been happier so, with it if it had just been a Jedi. I'd yeah, have been cool with it. Any that. moment now, I'm waiting for Sean to go, you guys are geeks. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get it. I get it. <laughs> so this is what we do, Sean. Right. Every Friday. <laughs> Every Friday. So somehow we got off of Han Solo and we're talking Rogue One too much. But anyway. But that's okay. Well, I get it. Just, just let me make this one, one statement first. You're the first person to actually said something other than the fact that I didn't like the characters because there's no build up on them or none. You didn't need that for that movie. No, I agree with you. Actually, the, it, the characters is not the part that bothers me. Actually, right. I'm Every, fine with the characters. Everybody, everybody complains about the characters. That I still think K2SO is one of their best characters yes. in years. Yes. Uh, maybe that's one of the things that bothers me a little bit is that the, the foundation of that, that movie is a robot. And, and, and that bothered me slightly, because humans should have more emotions than a robot. Right. I, I agree with what you're saying, but it's... I'm, Not I'm that he wasn't I'm, cool, he was cool. I'm looking at Star Wars as it's told by the droids. You're right, Period. and and you, you brought that to light to me, and actually the last time I watched that, it changed my viewpoint slightly on Rogue One, because when you look at it from K2SO's point of view, and as opposed to looking at it from the outsider looking in, right. it, it, it is a different movie, because he then becomes the hero. Because he died. He yeah. sacrificed himself in the efforts to save humanity, which, in that vain look on humanity, it does change the way you look at that film. So you're right, but the problem is, I, I don't think they presented it so that you could think that way. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, I always saw Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, and, Empire, uh, and Return of the Jedi from C-3PO and R2's point of view. I think George Lucas did a really good job of presenting it from that point of view. I think that was his problem with the prequels. He got away from that. Not really. He not really, but he did kind of because C three PO didn't even come in until almost a third. a third of the way through but, Phantom Menace. But R two filled in the gap, and I get that. It's through R two's eyes and correct. C three PO is telling the story. True, true. So I mean, but I think the prequels were disjointed in that fact, as opposed to the the first three that were like R two and C three PO were definitely the mainstays, and everybody else was built around that. Where the prequels, that wasn't really the case. Anakin was the mainstay, and everything else got kind of built around that. You know, and I was just talking about that with a buddy the other the other week too. The prequels were kind of, it's it, it was tough no matter what George Lucas did, because we knew the ending to the prequels. We all knew it was going to happen. Anakin was going to become Darth Vader. So how do you tell a story when the ending's already been predicted? 
And how do you get an audience to want to go to something when they already know what the story arc is? You know for three movies, Anakin's going to move from being this little kid to this bad butt bad guy that we all hated by Empire Strikes Back. So it was kind of, you know, and I don't want to say it was doomed, but it was it's tough to see that happen. That's something we could talk about quick. George Lucas had said over the weekend that he actually admits he made a mistake with The Phantom Menace. And what was that? What did he say? Pacing. He totally admitted there was too much going on in The Phantom Menace. It was happening way too fast. And he regrets <laughs> that. He regrets From moving s- the movie. The day I sat in the theater, the first time I saw <coughs> it, I thought, wow, too much happening, a lot going on, a lot of jumps around. Where am I? We hit Tatooine. And I felt like, okay, it found its, it slowed down a bit. It, it stayed with the characters longer. We had the race in the middle and more happened to get off the planet. I felt like that whole stretch was like, okay, this is all paced about right. right. Not talking acting or anything. I'm just talking pacing. And then the ending got a bit rushed again. Right. But I didn't quite mind the ending because it had a killer lightsaber fight. One right. of my f- favorites to this day. And I liked the intercutting between that and some of the other fighting. So I was okay with that. But I do feel like it definitely was extremely choppy and way too fast-paced at the beginning. It, it moved way too quickly until it got to Tatooine, which is stuff kept getting thrown at you. And he admitted that he pushed the movie's story arc very quickly because he was worried that people were going to get hung up on things like the pod race. People were going to get hung up on things like Jar Jar. He actually admitted that he was worried that people would be stuck on this idea that this character is all CGI created and nothing else. And he didn't want that to be the mainstay of the movie. So he very quickly moved through these storylines in hopes that people wouldn't get stuck on these things like pod racings, like NASCAR and Jar Jar's like, you know, the, the dumbest character ever. And, and he really actually was <laughs> – and he admitted he, he if he could go back and do it again, he would have changed the pacing of Phantom Menace completely. And he probably made some serious mistakes by putting out the Phantom Menace the way he put it out. And he thinks it sullied – the Clone Wars and Which I'm sure Revenge of the Sith, and he thinks they might have been more accepted had he handled the Phantom Menace better, which I thought was kind of interesting. I thought that was kind of growing for George Lucas to say, hey, I made a mistake. Yeah, he never talks about that kind of stuff. And he never admits he made a mistake. As far as he's concerned, everything's gold he touches. Well, so. he admits he made mistakes because he changes them, but he, not mistakes. It's just, this is the way I originally right, wanted right. it. I just couldn't achieve it at the Cause, time. Because the technology didn't exist right. yet, you know. So for him to say that, I thought that was that was a big deal. So going back to the solo movies, oh, that's what, what we were talking, talking about. Solo? Oh, yeah. Stay on target. Uh, Stay on target. <laughs> so what do you guys think? Are you excited about the Han Solo movie? Let me put it that way. I'll, I'll, I'll go around the table on that one. Do you Are you excited about seeing this movie, or are you do have reservations at this point? What do you think, Eric? Uh, right now, I have massive reservations. <laughs> I got reservations for 12 at a table that's, <laughs> that seats two. It's not going to work. I am worried quite a bit about where this is going. First of all, not knowing the tone you were going to get from right. your first directors. And not only that, did the script allow for that kind of tone? And if so, who came up with the script? That I mean, how much of the story has also changed in the changing of directors to Ron Howard? I'm happy with Ron Howard. He I should have been too. the original choice. Right. He, I would have been much more excited from the get-go if he was doing it. I'm worried about what, what's going on with the story. Is it going to be a hodgepodge? I'm worried about, you know, that... And like you said, if it's all been reshot, that's great, but is it not enough time to get it ready? I'm worried about the quality of post-production. Right. And I'm worried that five months out, we haven't even had a teaser trailer yet. Right. You can edit that from one shot. Right. All you need is some clicking of some boots. He walks out looking like Han Solo from shadow into light, looks at the camera and goes, so what's all this life day about? And there you go. <laughs> you got your teaser. But just something. 
where we see him act like, I want to see a, a smirk, uh, the look in the eye, the sound of his voice, and go, okay, I can buy him as, Han, as a young Han Solo. And I have none of that yet. So I'm, I have no idea. I'm just nervous. What do you think? Right, what do you think, Josh? I'm, I'm happy to see it. I'm, I'm excited to see it. I, yeah, I'm going in with my expectations in check. You know, I, right. I, you know, wouldn't be surprised if I was disappointed in it. But I don't, I don't know that I'm expecting to be disappointed. I, I think it's going to be good. Okay. Yeah. Gary, what do you think? No expectations for it at all. Do you think that's good or bad? I mean, I know you said that before, but do you think that's good going in with no expectations? I had no expectations for Last Jedi, and I liked it. <laughs> okay. I'll admit I'm a little worried about it. Part of me says, if it's really as bad as, as corporate saying, like if nobody at the top likes it, Disney's really not a fan of it, then part of me says, don't put it out. Right. Like, if you really have reservations Move about the it. Date. Move the right, date. I would rather you pull the whole movie. But that's also... I know we're talking about money here, but that, here... Not just okay. money, that is, like, movie suicide. I get it's it, gonna be I get it. But back. here... But, okay. But, but I have some counter-arguments to that. My first one is, you just made $1.2 billion yeah. off of The Last Jedi. Matter of fact, in the last four years, you've made enough money to have already purchased Star Wars, and everything from this point forward is pure profit. Yeah, they've paid off the Lucas purchase. they paid purchase. off the Lucas purchase. In four years. Mm-hmm. Remember we said we didn't think they'd do it in a decade? Mm. Four years. So part of me says, you're already on the up and up. So to scrap a movie at this point, I don't see it as a loss if it's not going to generate revenue for you. And I'm worried that it's not. And I know that's crazy to say, well, it's not going to cross the one billion mark. But that's Star Wars. Star Wars always has been kind of the top. And if you come out and Avengers Infinity War crushes the Han Solo movie, the question you have to start asking yourself for Disney is, do we put less money into Star Wars and more money into Avengers? Because that seems to be where people are at. Mm. They're not with Star Wars anymore. They're with Avengers. What does that say about the market? You know what I mean? Like, there, there's weird things here that this could all have an impact on. Part of me says, I would rather see them, and I know this is suicide. Scrap it. Scrap like the entire thing. A filmed, complete movie. Keep Ron Howard. And say to Ron Howard, it's your baby. Recast. Do it your way. Find some writers write the Han Solo movie you want to do, find a new set of actors and actresses, do it your way. And Lo- I know that's you know crazy. What? I'd love to see it. Never going to happen. It's crazy. Never going to happen. I know. If they did that and said, we're doing this because we respect the fans and we want to give them the best product possible. Now, I do have an answer to that. Two words. Ant-Man. It's been done. And it's been done successfully and by Disney. But it wasn't a completed film. It was halfway there. He no, Edgar Wright never directed any. He was out. That's I why he was. He, was upset. he got he got out of the project before the production that's started. That's right. Before the he production started, he did ten eight years of pre-production. Correct. That's he right. He was on that project for eight years. Right. And like on within rights a half year, and rewrites and and, and pre pre viz right. and there was released t- test videos that. and everything that got shown of the stuff he was working on. And then like it was like six months before production was going to start, he was out and someone else came in. It was six months to a year at the most, and a, a movie was made changed somewhat but using a lot of his ideas and stuff like that and it's, but it still worked it worked it worked very well it was it was a huge risk by disney but it worked very well and part of me says if you can do that with ant-man then maybe it's time to be thinking about the fans and not the production and maybe mm-hmm. for the th- fans sake you pull it i think much more realistic is the idea of doing <coughs> a doing a five-month delay and doing it as a christmas release 
Okay. I don't think that would kill the fans. I think they kind of expect Star Wars movies at Christmas now, and it's okay if you do that. That's kind of cool. I think they could play off that very easily. I think I think it vanishing from the summer schedule would not. It, it would make news for a week, and then people would be like, "Okay, let's wait until we see more stuff." I, I don't see why they wouldn't put it out at Christmas. They they control right. the all these other Disney movies that are so close to it. So right, change it up. And that's part of it too. I mean, with Disney acquiring Fox now, who do they have to compete with other than Universal? Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much it. They, they've got control of the box office, quite honestly. I mean, so part of me says, yeah, you could move it, and it's not a big deal for them. They're competing against themselves. Yeah. And part of me says you could move it and do reshoots if there's some bad scenes. That's what I'm thinking. So why not do it? It worked for Rogue One. Plus, give yourself more time for post. Sure. But my concerns for this whole movie is that it's going to be another Inhumans. That's where I'm thinking, too. <laughs> really? Yes. This is going to be their Star Wars life day. That's I mean, I hate to say that. Low. This is this is, a, this is a holiday special kind of, like, whoa, that I'm worried about us seeing. And, and, and we all know what happened to the holiday special. <laughs> it doesn't exist, right? I mean, like, it's not there. So is this the... You know, this is the first time where fans saying, well, I don't want that to be part of the canon. I'm kind of like... Well, let's see a solo, but if it doesn't do well, then maybe that's a good petition. You know, I mean, like <laughs> they are fortunate in the fact that it's not part of a trilogy. It's not part of a series. This is true. It is a one. And it's done. a one and done. And if they don't ever want him playing the role again, they don't it's need to done. make another Han Solo movie. And they go, okay, we tried it. It was sacred ground. We screwed up. A Boba Fett, much more chance to do something with, uh, right? You know, a Kenobi. Kenobi, if we got it's holier we than get, now, yeah. and we get the same actor back. So right. it's like, okay, we can do that because it's a McGregor again, having aged into the role to be an older Obi Wan. Fantastic. Sure. But doing the idea of recasting Harrison Ford, maybe that wasn't the greatest idea. I could see them losing. You know, oh, we made $300 million. We made back the budget. Fine. And we're gone. And we never touch it again. And we live with the bad press. Yeah. We lived through the prequels. And we lived through this all that. So they can take more hits. Okay. So those were our thoughts on Han Solo. Not only that, but Rogue One. Uh, pretty much all the Star Wars films. So like we often have a tendency to do here, we get to on our offshoots. So we'd love to hear from you. Uh, head on over to our website, galaxycast.com. Come find us on Twitter, on Facebook, on YouTube. YouTube. Uh, you know, email us at galaxycast.gmail.com. Let us know what you think. And uh, we're going to take a break. We're going to be right back in a moment to talk about Star Wars The Last Jedi because we have to talk about it. So we'll be back in just a moment. We'll be right back after we navigate through this promotional tunnel. Hi, I'm Cornbread. I'm Judy, and we met on charmony.com. I saw her profile, and I just knew I'd found somebody special, a real Georgia peach. I'm from L.A. There's just something about her, that red hair, those long legs. It's, it's kind of hard to put into words. I was kind of leery of using a site like charmony. You never know what kind of weirdos are on there. But obviously, there was a certain someone who caught my eye. And I couldn't be happier. Our first date was at Sears. He was pricing log splitters. I told her she was good. I'd take her to corn dog on a stick. Then he said those three words every woman loves to hear. This look infected? We've been with each other ever since. We wake up together every morning. I feel like I know him so well. It's, it's like, like we, we finish each other's, other's paragraphs. sentences. Yeah. I'm just truly thankful to see Harmony for introducing us. I can't imagine where I'd be without him. Probably still in bed. Get your country on with a Cornbread Morning Show, weekdays on WIL. 
Have you ever needed to cry, but just couldn't produce the tears? Maybe you're a kid looking to get more attention and free stuff. Or maybe you need to go to a funeral for someone you really don't like. Introducing Onion Eye Drops. Because we believe the world could use just a little more tears. Disguised as regular, boring, run-of-the-mill eye drops, Onion Eye Drops is the premium moisturizer for the eyes of the absolute coldest of hearts. They're so effective that even Jason Statham swears by them. A lot. Just squirt in a couple drops, and you'll be crying more than a grown man does while watching Terminator 2. Not made with real onions. Users who experience waterworks for more than four hours should consult a doctor. Eye drops may cause a stinging sensation, which may result in tears. Tears are not guaranteed. May result in the Zika virus. Find onion eye drops next to the salty bandages at a store near you. Okay, folks, it's that time again. That's right, it is time for free swag. We are almost done with our free swag. We have this episode and one more to go to celebrate our 200th anniversary here on the Galaxy Cast team. So, this time around, your prize pack includes an Imperial Power Up Pack from the Pocket Model Trading Card Game, another set of Star Wars Episode 1 3D goggles with the Darth Maul logo on it, and two packs of the Young Jedi Collectible Card Game from Star Wars that came out several years ago. So, again, in order to win this prize, you have to answer the question I'm going to read in a minute in an email that you send to galaxycast at gmail.com. Please put in a subject line, free Star Wars stuff. So, here is the question, and this is from this Obsessed with Star Wars book. Here's your question. In order to make a living, which species scours the desert for junk they hope to repair and sell? Is it A, Tusken Raiders, B, Huts, C, Jawas, or D, Humans? Please email your answer to galaxycast at gmail.com. Again, with the headline, with the subject line of free Star Wars stuff, give us your answer and your name, and we'll let you know if you've won. Good luck, and may the force be with those who listen. This portion of the show is being brought to you by The Best Things in Life, which are still free with minimum purchase at participating dealers. The force is back. The rebels won't tire till they see the last of the Empire, and Kenner's there with Star Wars Return of the Jedi Collection. Prisoner, Gamorrean Guard. Gladly, Jabba the Hutt. C-3PO, Gamorrean Guard, and Jabba the Hutt place at each soul separately. Mr. Hutt, you've captured my friend. Free him and keep me instead. That's a sorry tale, but this tale make you sorrier. Jabba the Hutt place at another action figures each soul separately from Star Wars Return of the Jedi Collection from Kenner. Thank you for your patience as we navigated through the promotional tunnel. And now we return to the Galaxy Cast. Hey folks, welcome back to this episode of the Galaxy Cast, and we're going to talk about the Last Jedi. And I, okay, so before we start, uh, is, is the Last Jedi Dillion? Yes, <laughs> yes, no, that's it. He's the one who killed the yes. Last okay. Jedi. There, there you go. Young Jedi killer. Right. Yeah, right. Young Jedi killer Dillion was yeah. the Last Jedi. Uh, so, how many times have you each seen it? So let's start with that. So, Eric, how many times have you seen it? Just seen it once. How many times have you seen Josh? Two. Two. How many times have you seen it, Gary? Three. Wait, I've seen it on. twice. Do you keep calling him Josh? I do. Sean, Am I? <laughs> Sean I'm sorry. <laughs> Sean. Wow. We're going to correct this. So. We will correct this. So, Sean, you've seen it? Twice. Twice. Okay. You've seen it three times, Gary. Yep, three. And I've seen it twice. Okay. So you're the only one, I'm the only one who's seen, seen it once. once. Okay. Just want to put that out there? Putting that out there? Oh, I see what he's Food doing. For he's already setting me up here. <laughs> no, I'm not. I don't no, no, have no. enough time oh, no, to no, no. appreciate oh, Okay, Eric, just, just so you know, two out of three times I stayed awake. Did you? Okay, okay. <laughs> 
Okay, so let's let's talk about the Last Jedi because this is the biggest movie, probably since the beginning of time, at least as far as you know Disney's concerned. It was big. It was a big deal, and there seems to be. I was surprised because I, I told you guys I went into blackout mode. So when I was when I was getting ready to go see the movie for three weeks, I did not go online. I did not go on Facebook. I did not go on Twitter, which for me is unheard of. I, I don't do that. That's just not me. And I did that because I was so afraid that spoilers were going to come out. And according to all my friends, they did. People came out the week before who had gone to the premiere out in California and told everything, and, and everything was out the week before it came out. So I'm kind of glad I went into the blackout that I went are, into. Are, are you friends with Ryan Morell? I am. All right. He squashed a ton of uh, spoilers. Did he really? Yes. Any, anybody that, would, that saw out there with him and all that, he yeah. and they were talking about it. He, I don't know how he did it, but he got stuff deleted and everything. Good. I mean, like, so. part of me said that was not right. You know what I mean? Like, right. I get you're a fan and you got a chance to go see it. And, and, and that, you're excited and you want right. to talk about it. I had some friends who were just like, they didn't say anything at all. Good for them. I'm so glad they didn't. And then I had some friends that just came back and were like, Bleh, you know, and like they diarrhea in the mouth. They just let it all come out. And I was like, really? You could have you hung on to that for just a week. I mean, seriously. Would have been the end of the world. So, initial impressions. So, let's talk about that first. Eric, up or down? I'm just going to. Initial impression. I'll up tell or you down. right now. I am. Yeah. I am sideways. Okay. I am a sideways thumb. Okay. And what, what was your, Sean? What was <laughs> your initial also, impression? Also sideways. Sideways. Yes. Gary, what was your initial impression? I'm a thumbs up. And that's the weird thing. I was a thumbs up too. And and that's the thing I was shocked at when I went online after the fact. It was either thumbs up or thumbs down. Yeah, there I saw really a, not a lot of people in the middle. I saw a lot of hard, hard thumbs down. Yeah, I like mean, like angry, like angry down. to the point that I don't know if you guys caught on. There was actually a petition. At yes. change.org to remove to demand this from the canon. last Jedi from being canon anymore. Now, first off, I was kind of like, come on, guys, this is Disney. I mean, do you not think they calculatedly put this movie out there knowing full well that there were going to be some upset fans? Now, I have a theory about why I think some of the fans are upset, and, and, and well, let me put it out there. Let me, let, me, let me see what you guys think about my theory. I think the group of fans that are most upset about this movie are probably the ones that grew up around yours and Gary's generation that Star Wars as a child started off as this like wholesome movie and by the end of every film it was kind of happy-go-lucky everything was good with the world when you walked away from a Star Wars film even you know everybody says well that's not possible Empire Strikes Back was an awful ending I'm like no it was a good ending because when you think about it at the very end Luke walks up to Leia, he hugs her, he puts his arm around her, they look off into the universe, and it's about what's to come. I mean, they're going to go get Han, everything's going to be good, everything's going to be okay, right? Like, you still had this feeling that everything was going to be all right. Even though now you know Vader's Luke's father, and all this bad stuff had happened, Han got taken off in Carbonite, all these bad things, but there was still hope. It didn't feel that way. I'll tell you, seeing it at the time, it did not feel like hope. <coughs> As a kid, I think we had a hard time. As a with kid, that. it felt like devastation and what I, are I you doing that. and what and this is not the way it's supposed to end. And I hate this movie. Yeah, as a kid, I didn't like Empire. Really, I was disappointed big time, and so that's why I think eh, maybe I'll change my mind about these films as well. But no, as a kid, I was like sad about the end of Empire. So. Yeah, yeah, the ending I hated, but really, yeah, because what's off on it? One, a cliffhanger. It did, partially. You know, so it's like, oh, to be continued. You didn't get that a lot back then. You didn't right. get no, you didn't. cliffhanger movies. This is true. Right. It's, and, a, and a to be continued type, type yeah. Yeah. feel to it. It's like, I, I hate that stuff. Okay. <laughs> well, I think back when we were watching them, the, well, you, you finish what you were going to say. And so, so part of my theory is what Rianne Johnson did 
was kind of blew up the typical Star Wars story arc. There, there was not a angst at the beginning, which built up to a problem in the middle, which then got resolved to a nice happy ending at the end. You know, that the typical story arc that George Lucas always liked to follow, he didn't do that. It just didn't happen. As a matter of fact, it was very up, down, up, down, up, down, all the way through. And I think he did that on purpose. I think he was trying to break some people of that story arc archetype that they're so used to having. And it's not just Star Wars. When you look at most movies, most modern movies, even things like Lord of the Rings, even things like, you know, the modern Star Trek TV show, Discovery, very much goes in that story arc mode. And so I think Rianne Johnson was trying to say, but life is not like that. It's not build up, angst, you know, repose. Instead, there are good moments and bad moments, and man, they, they jump, and they happen all the time. And, and so I think he's trying to present a different thought process to Star Wars fans. And I think the problem is is older Star Wars fans are so set in their ways, right? Like, we expected Star Wars to be a certain way, and he broke out of that big time. I mean, he went way outside the box on that. And then the newer Star Wars fans were like, this is awesome, it's up, it's down, it's up, it's down, this is so great. And so I think part of that was that. The other part of it, I think, was people who hated the prequels hated this. Because I think there's a common dis- or common connection here between the way the prequels were presented, fast-paced, moving all the time, but then also some slow moments in the middle of that, that this was told almost like that. So I found that a lot of people who hated the prequels hated this movie. If they loved the prequels, they kind of liked this movie too. So there's kind of, I think those are the two interconnections where I think some things happen. Just a theory I have. What do you guys think? What I was going to say was... Eric looks around the table. (laughs) When we were, you know, the original Star Wars, it was, it was a lot of white guys in it, you know? True. And I, from what I can tell, a lot of people, and I don't agree with these people, but they're very disappointed that it wasn't exactly like that there was you know every time they saw minority they were taken out of it like oh this minority was put in here you know just to make a statement and you know there's too many females in the movie i I feel like a lot of people didn't like it because of that and i certainly don't agree with that but i think that's a thing i was actually thrown off because variety magazine put an article out about two days after Last Jedi came out, and they were praising Star Wars for being so female-centric and for putting the female... They even referred to it as the, the female-first ideal in, a, in finally into science fantasy. And I kind of went, but I didn't see The Last Jedi that way. I didn't see it as female-first. I don't see Rey as a female-first character. I don't see Rose as a female-first character. I saw the story arc and maybe it's just the way characters too right i just maybe it's just the way i look at the universe or look at the world i don't see people in colors i don't see them in genders i just see them as people and so part of me was like i wasn't looking at it from that perspective and i actually was a little upset about the article because i was like how dare you look at the movie that way it's just supposed to be actors and actresses like who cares what their gender is who cares what race they are who cares what role they're playing like i guess i i wasn't even thinking about that I don't see Finn as African-American. I know that's crazy. People are like, what, what, how could you not? I'm like, part of me just says he's an actor. Who cares whether he's African-American, Chinese? It doesn't matter. He's purple, bling, green, blue. I mean, that's the cool thing about Star Wars. There's alien creatures all over the place. Who cares? Like, who cares? I mean, some of the, the coolest guys we've gotten to know in Star Wars are things like Bosk, which is a, you know, an, an iguana-type creature. I mean, 
breaks out of the mold of, of everyday, you know, people. And I, I agree with you. I was kind of thrown off by people that were like, you know, well, this movie sucked because it, it put females first or it put, you know, African Americans first. I, I didn't see any of that. I did not see any of that at all. Yeah, I was surprised. Um, but, I mean, I did see it. I, I certainly noticed that there were more minorities and more females in the movie, but it didn't bother me. I thought it was a good thing. I thought it was yeah. late and, and I was happy to see it. But it, I think it did bother a lot of people. I didn't. I don't think it bothered as many people as the media made it out to be. I, I don't think that's the problem. At least not what I read on like Facebook accounts and, and reading around and talking to people. The one thing I saw that was like a common thread amongst everybody. Well, there was two things that they didn't like. First off, they didn't like the treatment of Princess Leia. That seemed to be a common complaint across the board. The big complaint was the scene where she's out in space and she pulls herself back into the ship. As so it's being referred to the Mary Poppins moment. The Mary Poppins moment, right? So let's talk about that for a minute. <clears throat> what did you guys think of that scene? Because it was very, I mean, it was it definitely was out there. I, I didn't mean, like it. Yeah, I, I I didn't like visually how it was done. I don't mind what it represented. I liked being surprised by her being a force user and having an ability. Okay. I think the visual way the scene was put together. Yeah. Was heavily flawed in storytelling. Okay. Yeah, I, I thought. Well, at first I thought, oh. She died. This is how they're right. going to end her character. And and then she came back, so I was surprised. Um, but I also was okay with the idea, but visually I was like, oh, no. <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, I even think I said to you in the theater, Gary, I think you heard me say, well, I guess that's how a princess goes out. And you chuckled because you knew it was coming next. Yeah. And, and I thought that was the way they were going to. To me, part of me said that would have been a great way. Exactly. It, it would have been a great way. It, it would have been fitting, in, in my opinion. I and I would have been okay. I would have been okay with it. And now that they brought her back, it was kind of like... And I have to admit, now, part of the, the part of the Star Wars community is screaming, going, well, what do you do now? Yeah, because mm-hmm. she is very heavily, at the very end of the movie, she's talking to Poe, there's, there's yep. ideas in mind, and she's not going to be in the next one. Disney has said... They don't have footage of her. Right. They're not going to recreate her digitally. Yeah, there's no 3D model rendering what of her. What are they going to do to not have her in the story that's not going to feel like a disservice to the story? It's And since then, Mark Hamill has come out saying the third movie was supposed to be her act. Yeah. She is admitted it was supposed to be all about Well, look Leia. at how they've set it up. The first movie was all uh-huh. Han. The second movie is all Luke. Luke. The third one was going to be her. Leia, yeah. Gary, what did you think? I didn't like that scene either because I, I didn't like the Mary Poppins part of it. I think she should have been more fluid, like she's swimming through space would have been okay. I would have been okay with well, it that way. Here's another way I look at it. So <clears throat> just the up and down of her status. She's in, yeah. the, she's in the ship. She's sucked out. She's frozen solid. Yep. She defrosts. So apparently now the force works like a defrost button. You can <laughs> melt ice off yourself. Yeah, but it doesn't work as good she, as my car is flies back, right now. <laughs> she flies back to the ship, clearly conscious and in control of herself, but gets to the ship and goes into a coma. Wait. So why was she unconscious, then conscious, then unconscious again? It didn't work for me. I said a, a better way to have solved this issue would have been to have the explosion happen, see stuff get sucked out, not see her visually get sucked out. Have the door slam shut, to, you know, to block the airlock, have Poe run to the door, <clears throat> and he looks outside shocked, and he screams to someone, get me a suit, and you see that she's out there, surrounded by, in, still in the cockpit, not sucked out, surrounded by what looks to be a held area of atmosphere and, like, bits of pieces floating, but not conscious. Yeah. She's done it, but she, it, to do it, she's in such a meditative state, she's out. He gets her, brings her in. 
sets her on a table and all the stuff that's floating around her, it's like that moment's broken, falls to the floor, but she stays unconscious. The audience would have been worried about her all the way through and still worried about her. Is she ever going to recover from this? But instead, now we've seen her be powerful and pull herself back and then mm-hmm. go unconscious again and it kind of jumps you around. I just felt like that scene, I'm fine with the idea of it. I was awful with the execution of it. So you ready for this one? Follow me on this one. Here's here's what I now that I've seen it twice. The second time I went back and when I watched it, here's what it reminded me of. It reminded me of Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. I mean, the same look on her face, because <clears throat> maybe just because I'd just seen Guardians like a couple days before, but it's the same thing that happens to Star Lord. So he goes out in space, he loses yeah. he freezes over his face. It's the same look. By the way, it's the same digital effect. It's the exact same one. Yeah. And considering Disney did one, why couldn't they use it on the other? And the only thing that made it weird was in the Guardians movie, he turns around, the ship comes by, picks him up. Where in this one, she does the Mary Pop, and she turns around, and she floats And she defrosted somehow. Right. So part of me said you could have solved this a couple different ways. First off, why not have her... She could stay conscious. I would have been okay with that. Why not have, like, a, a mask float by? She grabs it, puts it on, uses the force to get to the door, knocks on the door, passes out, they open the door, she falls in. That would work for me. Even that would work, yes. Mm-hmm. So part of me says, I, I get what you're saying, Eric. It just, it is kind of weird. But I do kind of get the whole, like, she's in a coma now. So like, part of it, I was saying, okay, she's used so much of the force. That's how she ends up back in the coma. But the initial coma doesn't make sense. That's what, yeah. It's that's, like, that's, that's right. why I didn't like it was this flow of how she acted and reacted to the whole incident. It just didn't work I just me. think it was a poor choice in mm-hmm. directing style yeah. and the way they decided to, to pull that off. And I think, I almost feel like... Some of those choices were made in post after she passed away, and they wanted right. to ha- give her this almost angelic moment to kind of pull on the heartstrings of the audience and to yeah. connect with her as that's our princess, the powerful character, blah, blah, blah. I think that's why he did it. It was almost a tribute moment. Yeah. But it didn't work with the story. I'll give you that. And did she – was she breathing because of the force field or because of the force? I don't know. Yeah, the, You know, it just seemed weird that she was breathing out in space. Okay, well, let me, let me blow you guys mind now. Go ahead, Gary. My theory, after this goes on, you know, in the future for for Leia, yeah, she died right then. Instead of being a Force ghost where you can see through her, just like with Luke being on the on the planet getting shot at and everything, mm-hmm. she projected herself. Yeah. Hmm. But why project herself into being in an unconscious? St- oh, well, wait, no. So she's saying she never flew back. She came back into into the ship. When she was and, on, she died and she died on the table. Well, she, she died between floating back into, into the ship and all that. That's really hard to do because you need some sort of visual to close that out, and they didn't. Don't, they don't have that. It's almost like that should have happened at the end of the when when they were flying away in the Millennium Falcon. She should have disappeared then, and they could have realized she's right. been dead this whole time, and that would have been a way to end it. But to now do it between movies or do it in the crawl, the next one. I, I actually, the, uh, when uh, Luke gave her the dice. Right. She mm-hmm. held a four. A, in, in, that's why in our moment I didn't like. She held a. In, we're gonna. I'm gonna talk about that too. That's and, okay. and, and then the dice hit the floor and then disappeared. Right. That, that's because she was a ghost. Uh, no, no. What you're saying she set him on the table. But the, <laughs> dice, but the dice still disappeared. Right after Kylo picked him up, and he. That's true. Then they vanished. But that's, that's that's where he's like, Mom died. Yeah, yeah I get what you're saying. That's an interesting theory. I'd never and, thought of that. That's that's. That's tough. So here's the other complaint I've always seen about The Last Jedi, the death of Luke. Okay. And everybody's saying, 
how could he die? You know, why, why, why would that kill him? When he's done all these other things, why would force projecting himself suddenly just kill him off? And part of me says, first off, what Jedi have you seen do that? I mean, planets away. Yeah. Okay. Galaxy away. Okay, you got the distance, and then all the firepower that got shot at him. Right. Right, it's taking its toll. Right. And he's old. I'm sorry. Truth be yeah. told, he's an old Jedi. This was the last waning moments of him using himself. And I get people are like, well, why not have him come in on the X-Wing? That would have been so cool. Part of me says, again, he's old. He would not have been able to react in an X-Wing the way he could as a Force projection. I think this was, like, the best way to have Luke go out. He's using the Force in the most powerful way he can to save the people that need his help the most. So after all this begging that Ray does that he ignores... And after all this pleading to save the galaxy, and he keeps insisting he doesn't want to do it, I think, to me, it was the most fitting way for Luke Skywalker to use his powers and then be done and, and, and to pass on. And I get why people are upset. It's Luke Skywalker. I get it. We don't want to ever see our childhood heroes die. But part of me says it's got to happen, especially if we're going to clear the way for Rey and Finn and Poe and all these other characters to continue on later on. So, I mean, you got to clear the way. It does seem like Jedi go out on their own terms, kind of. They, right. they kind of do what they want to do, and then they disappear. Qui-Gon did not go out on his own terms. He, you know, was stabbed and right. didn't, didn't disappear, you know. So I think maybe he was just also ready. Yeah. Yoda was ready, you know, when he, when he, when he died. Kenobi was ready. Um, you know, the ones that don't that aren't prepared are the ones we don't see disappear. Mace Windu was not prepared. It's why we only see him go out a window and get and electrocuted. He's not dead anyway, so... Well, as far as we're concerned, he's still right. out there. I mean, it, it could still be. So there's some other questions that we have to, to debate here. Uh, first off, what do we all think about Porgs now? They were... Such a big deal was made out of them. They were just a side. They weren't like a plot point or anything. <laughs> they were just a side thing. So it's... I. They were fine. I think Chewbacca should open up his own franchise. <laughs> my, my only problem with the porgs was the the cooked one that Chewie was eating was not realistic enough for me. It looked like a cartoon <laughs> turkey. It looked cooked. like a cartoon. It looked yeah, like a dog toy. Turkey. I kind of wish he'd eaten it though. <laughs> I do too. Like it looked right at the porg and gone, <laughs> right. you know, and started eating. That would have been know? that would have been more in line with Chewie, and that's. I, mean, right. I do have a problem here. I don't feel like Chewie felt like Chewie this ep- this movie, and right. I know it was played not by by Peter, Peter Mayhew. Mayhew, but it didn't. He didn't have the same mannerisms. He was kind of a side I, character. I almost feel like the guy away. needs to go back and like study Peter's movements, because yeah. there's a certain ways that Peter moved his the neck, tilted the head, the, the, tilted his the, head. The roar always was, was his head back. And he always was slumped over when he walked a little bit. The, the only part I liked like Chewie where he was Chewie was when he. Busted uh, Luke's door down. Yeah, that yeah, was an okay that moment. That felt like yeah. chewy, but the that's about the only just... moment they gave, they gave him. Yeah, he was flying the Falcon at the end, but it almost wasn't about him flying as much as it was about Ray, Ray shooting. shooting in the back. Yeah, and that's another moment where I was like, "Can we give Chewie a bit of a moment here?" You know? Yeah, yeah. He did feel like he was. We've got almost three hours. <laughs> Let's yeah. give these people. He some did moments. feel like he was in the background more than normal. Yeah, and yeah, that's for sure. That's the thing that bothers me about both. You know, Force Awakens and Last Jedi. It's not so much what they did, but what they didn't do. And what they didn't do is, is have Chewie be a bigger part. How, how come we never saw Chewie sit down in the Millennium Falcon and look at the empty chair next to him? Touch, that would have been a moment. Dashboard, something. Give him a moment that he's he's suffering. But no, it's like they kind of almost forgot the Han died. This whole movie, and it just happened. 
I mean, but in our timeline, it's days ago. It's I think days. At, at, ma- yeah. at max, yeah. and there's no moment for Chewie to be reconciling. There's no, no one sees. Luke takes it, just kind of oh, okay. He's Han's dead. We never really see anymore. Part of me says he doesn't have time, though. Do you know what I mean? Like because of the situation that's going on with the Luke, rebellion Luke? Or, or the resistance. Luke, not Luke, but Chewie. I'm saying like because maybe, of what, but he's sitting around cooking porgs. Give him a moment. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Yeah. So what did you guys think of the backstory now that we've heard about Ray? I mean Also didn't like that. But then again just, there's there's the rumor that it's not true that 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 Kylo saw something and isn't telling her. Uh, uh, Ryan Johnson's come forward and his point was to be the you know he wanted to pull it out of the Skywalker lineage. He wanted to show that anyone could be the hero even from nothing. It's supposed to be more positive what's story wrong with that? arc. I and there's nothing wrong with it. But I really and this is my problem. I really feel like J.J. Abrams did his typical thing he does like he did with Lost. He said, I'm going to come up with a lot of cool concepts and not explain them. I'm also not going to have planned them, but someone else can run with them. And so he did that. He set up a mystery, and for two years we asked who was Snoke. He set up Rey, and for years we asked who's her parents, what's her lineage. You know, he set up all these characters. He set up Kylo Ren and er, and showed a bit of the Knights of Ren, and we were like, my God, who are these characters and what happened with the school and blah, blah, blah. And it's a known fact that the only thing that Ryan Johnson said was, I want you to end the movie like this, with yep. the whole standing there with the with lightsaber, the lightsaber because yep. I have a way I want to start it. Yep. And then he does his little joke with yeah. the tossing with the, the lightsaber. lightsaber. Yep. And this is where I worry that there's not a communication going on here. There's a man setting up a bunch of ideas that he intended to be put out, and there's Ryan Johnson coming along saying... Well, like you said, life's full of up and downs, and sometimes things aren't explained. I'm going to take every, not just a couple things, but like everything he set up, and throw them all out. Wow, isn't that going to be different? And to me, it's don't be different just for different sake. Have a story to replace it, which I don't feel like that is what was there. It felt like they were throwing things out for the sake of throwing them out, and that's my main problem. And now, all of a sudden, who's coming back to direct the third one that originally wasn't going to? JJ. I'm wondering if he's looking at this now and going, God dang it, I had I wanted the Knights of Ren to go somewhere. I wanted something to happen with Snoke. I wanted something to happen with Ray. And I'm wondering if he's coming in, because he's in charge of writing the third one too. Correct. If he's gonna try and put some of those things back in. Because I almost feel like he didn't know that was the maybe to an extent, but he didn't know everything the way it was gonna be treated. And I almost feel like he's coming back being like, No, I don't want that. And this is what makes me it just feels like a fighting within the creativity of each movie. It's not a trilogy, and it's not telling an, a connected arc to me. It's being kind of pieced together as they go, almost. It's what it feels like to me, and these are some of the problems I have with it. I don't care that Ray's a female. I don't care, you know, in the, w- the way that Kylo Ren's whiny or whatever he is. You know, he's still a cool character. I'm interested in him. I'm still interested in Ray. I don't like that it feels like they're not putting the thought into a continue. you know, Lucas knew. From the moment we met Darth Vader, I don't know if I'm ever going to get to make Empire, but if I do, that's Luke's father. Right. And that whole first movie, he knew that. He at least had some plans in place. I don't feel like they had plans in place, and now they're kind of just doing it as they go, and I don't like that. I feel like these stories (laughs) deserve more thought. And that was kind of my big overall issue. Okay. So I'll step back. So part of me says, I'm in the opposite boat with you. (laughs) I actually think it was brilliant what Rayanne Johnson did to an extent and they'd been telling us all along if you really listen to the actors and actresses and even JJ himself they kept saying Snoke is Snoke Ray is Ray 
don't expect anything from these characters. And they kept talking in interviews and saying that. And Star Wars fans are like, but but there's got to be more. There's got to be, you know, Ray's got to be a Kenobi. And, and <clears throat> But what I think JJ and Rianne were trying to tell people all along was this isn't about Skywalkers anymore. Like, that, the prequels and everything before this was all about the Skywalker lineage. And I think what Rianne Johnson's trying to say is why is it always about Skywalkers and Kenobis? Why can't it just be about the average person? Okay, hold on. Okay. That's great. He's got a whole new trilogy coming to do that with. And but we're now eight movies into a nine movie arc. Mm-hmm. Why at the eighth one do we go? We've had seven that have been heavily involving these characters. We have two more to go. Let's now throw it all out. But we haven't. We haven't. They did set up who the next person is. The next. The next Jedi. Well, they're saying Ray. No. Who do you think? Kylo Ren? I know who it is. It's the kid. Well, okay, yeah, but this kid is, again, we don't know who this kid is. He's contracted for five movies. The little kid? The little kid. That's great. Why is this little broom-pushing kid all of a sudden in the, again, the eighth of our nine-arc story? I'll give you that. Why so, is this going to be suddenly the important thing when we can't finish out Think about the this. This kid's a slave on an unknown planet. In the middle of nowhere. That's great. It that could nobody be knows cool. nothing about. Kind of like a boy on Tatooine. Yeah. Who is a slave that nobody knew anything about. So part of me says, if this kid's contracted <clears> for five <throat> more movies, which he is, by the way, that was released, I think, about a, a couple days ago at this point. It's not huge public knowledge. It was just kind of in a little article somewhere in England that this kid got contracted for five movies. So part of me went, aha. You know, like, aha, there it is. That's the kid that we're... The, so part of me says Ray and Finn and Poe and all these other characters are go-betweens, as, as you want to call it. And I, I think down the road, we're going to look back and we're going to go... Ray was right. Like Ray is. But then here's what the thing. Ray is. Why are we taking the major movies of a mm-hmm. nine arc movie? I get what you're and saying. Telling the story about go betweens. We I should get... be telling the stories about the major characters. But you see, I don't think it's about the go betweens. I think it's about killing off the previous generation. They have to get rid of Han. You know what? That's fine. They have fine. to get rid of Luke. They have to get rid of Leia. That's fine. But let's. I just feel like they are not telling the cohesive story they could be telling. Uh, okay. okay. I have issues. Go ahead, Gary. Uh, Kyle Ren is the Skywalker lineage. Correct. I still think Ray is Kenobi. <laughs> I will always, you, you and I, I know. And I always will say yeah. that she is. And this little boy on this little desert, this rich planet as a slave, is another Skywalker. See, I was happy actually that that she was not a Kenobi or a Skywalker because I, I was too. To I be felt honest. like that was going to be too much. Yep. And so the fact that she wasn't, I was, oh, that's good. Uh, so so I was good with that. And I was also okay with Snoke not being somebody that we had heard of before because we see characters all the time that we hadn't heard of before. And, you know, I, I felt like that was fun. To an ex- okay, yeah, we see characters we haven't heard of before, but <coughs> we don't necessarily make them running the New Order. And somehow they, they put it together. They came from somewhere and put all this together and are a massive force, a powerful force-wielding character. There's a backstory there we're not going to be told unless we're going to do it in cartoons or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we've set this character up to be the mystery box that J.J. likes to do. And to not, pl- let, at least maybe let the character be an ultimate villain longer than a cut in half. Oh, no, again, it's different. We weren't expecting it. That's yeah. great. But... 
it feels like it just I can't it's hard to explain but it feels like not different storytelling it feels like bad storytelling to me it feels like mismanaged events okay. that don't quite cohesively form and I know what you're saying he's almost telling this in more of an independent film approach yeah I'm kind of of the mind that Star Wars movies are not supposed to be told as independent films because they're space opera right. they're there is an epic feel to them that kind of is what makes them what they are. And if you want to do that with a Star Wars trilogy, that's great. You got your new trilogy and do it. But to do it in the middle of... We did Seven, and Seven was clearly to pull back the fans because how much of it was Han Solo and mm-hmm. how much of it was Princess Leia and there's Chewie and we're, you know, we're tying in all these old characters and we're making major parts and we're going to kill off Han Solo. Make it, 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 the movie is a retread of Episode 4, which I've told you my yes, issue there. So Seven was clearly, <laughs> clearly supposed to still be paying attention to the old movies. Why all of a sudden is Eight not? I, I'll, I can answer that. I think they listen to the fans. Everybody great to complain. It's way too much like episode four. What are you doing? So we handed out the re- Rian Johnson and we say, okay, don't do what he did. Right. And here's the, it's a, it's a, so he went the other direction exactly. and all the fans that didn't like episode, the, the force awakens went, wait a minute, that's too far. Well, that's the thing. It's cl- <laughs> to me, it's clearly a case of overcompensation. It is. It, and that's, but part of me says now, if I'm a Disney producer and I'm a Disney person, I'm going, what do you do? You, you do something just like the films, and nobody likes it because it's just like the films. You go way outside the box, and everybody's like, I don't like that. It's way outside the box. How do you win? How do you produce a Star Wars movie that somebody... And, and this is where I think my generation, your generation, we're kind of stuck in the middle in this weird spot. Like, where I kind of feel like either we're all going to accept what's going to come out as a Star Wars film, or we're not. <laughs> like, some of us, I think... And I'm not knocking what you're saying, Eric. I get what you're saying. I do. Part of me, the first time, said... Wow, I feel that way. But then when I saw it the second time, I kind of went, all right, if I can kind of look past some of these little things that are really you know, on my mind, I can be okay with those, and I can look at this movie a little bit more. And that's and, where I was, at the beginning, know. I was trying to say, like, how many times have we seen it? Because I think you might change. I'm not saying you're going to be completely, like, in love with the movie the second time, but you might change your view a little bit second or even a third time being like, all right, now I see. I mean, some I of get that it's a drastic you know? difference, and sometimes you got to get used to that. <coughs> right. I have other issues with okay. storytelling moments. Um, can we talk Laura Dern for a minute? Sure. And Holdo. Uh huh. First of all, and Sean has mentioned this before, why give a role like that to someone so recognizable? <laughs> yeah, I know. So that you, you. Granted, little kids might not know who she is. That's fine. We didn't know who Peter Cushing was when we saw Star Wars. True. We weren't right. familiar with you, his... He called her Laura Dern. Not you know, Laura Dern. What's her name? No, but you call her Laura... Yeah, I, I call her Laura Dern. That's how we see her. And then, granted, yeah. maybe that's going to be what the older crowd would, and the kids don't see her that way. Right. To me, you want to take risks with Star Wars? Why the heck didn't you take that entire role and give it to Akbar? Yeah. Oh, you can't have a fishy character <coughs> emote. Hell, take the risk. Make that character important. Make him fight with Poe. Make Poe going, I'm questioning your motives now. And make, make a, you know, you've got a history. And have that guy can I, go out with the big light speed moment. Can I give you and a be, semi-practical answer to and that? And be the, the, all that connection would have made that moment just, that's how Akbar goes out. Can I give you a semi-practical yeah, answer to that? Yeah. And I'm not saying it is, but it might be. Akbar's face prosthetics don't show emotion well. Do you get what I'm saying? 
I get that. And the old um, one, you can modify that. Uh, and I get that. It would have it meant re... He's re- gotten older. Right, you so they would have had him. to completely retweak all of you that. You know, more eye so, movement, more... Right. No, I, I don't think it would have taken a lot. I, I know what you're saying. Part of me says that would have been a ch- quite a challenge for to put in front of a, a prop shop. I'm not saying Disney yeah. can't do it. I mean, heck, their, their Hall of Presidents is some of the most amazing animatronics out there. But but at the same time, it's it's a challenge. I'm not saying it's not I a cool it. idea. I, I like it. the idea, actually. I had not thought of that. It would have been a cool idea. I agree with I you. I just think there would have been... It, it's to this me, character who we don't know, who all of a sudden is apparently really important, right. has a connection with Leia, acts like could be a villain, but even to the point where there's a mutiny, but turns around and takes the ship back. And it just seemed like, why are we giving so much importance to this person that's coming and going and that we know nothing and granted I've heard oh there's more about her in the comics there's more about her in the books that's the issue I always come back with yeah. these major tentpole movies shouldn't have to rely on the side materials to tell their story I got another solution though that you might like what what about Leia's daughter what about Carrie Fisher's daughter she could have been another person that could have filled that role in fairly well and we and at least you could saw, have been setting I mean, her up for if we had put if she appeared over the if role. she was stronger in Force Awakens and yeah, not I'll just sitting that. in front of a screen, yeah. I would have been okay with that choice. Right. If she was a slightly more presence in Force Awakens, because then again, we're getting those follow-throughs. We're getting those plans that right. look like... I'll guarantee you that while The Force Awakens was being done, Haldo had not even been imagined. No one imagined no, who this character was. No. There was no plan for it. But it, I would like to have seen some of those follow-throughs thought through yeah. a bit. You know? It just, I get what you're saying. That's my problem. Is these con- It feels unconnected. It feels like... We're kind of just making things to make them, and yeah, that's cool, but it doesn't it doesn't cohere cohere to me. So, so let me ask you this question again. I'm just being devil's advocate Go ahead. here. Did you feel the same way about Mon Mothma? In what Star Wars? Return of the Jedi. Or in Return of the Jedi? Yeah, because all of a sudden this lady comes out of nowhere and she's telling them what to do. You're gonna go here. You're gonna take care of the the, the shield generator. Everybody's gonna go in and attack. This is how it's gonna work because I'm in charge and that's the way it happens. Right. Okay. No, I didn't. But. <laughs> She was clearly. They, they basically. Again, set I'm just being devil's advocate. Right, no, that's fine. She was set up as the leader of the rebellion, right. who we hadn't met. Right. And I think we'd heard the name before, hadn't we? I, I don't mean, it was believe the first time we heard Mon Mothma when they walked in there and said, "Here's Mon Mothma." Yeah, I think that's the first time you ever heard her mentioned okay. in a Star Wars film. And no, and people say the same thing about Boba Fett. Like, well, right. well, you don't know. Well, Boba Fett was supposed to be mysterious. That right. was that was right. his coolness. But I'm okay with that with Mon Mothma because other than giving some plans and some exposition. She didn't fly a ship and destroy the Death Star. Correct, yeah. She didn't have that big emotional moment that they tied to this character. Right. She was an exposition character, and that's that's okay to meet a character who's going to give exposition and be a kind of a side thing and vanish. I'm okay right. with that. I didn't know who the guy was going, General Nadine, here's how we're going to destroy the right, Death right, Star, and right. I'm going to give you all the exposition on these maps, and that's how you're going to do it, and you pull the plug. And that was, you know, right. I was okay with that because he didn't do it himself. He was just exposition. Right. They gave her such an emotional moment, mm-hmm. and I'm like, does this character deserve it? Because we don't even know who she is. Right. Now, let me ask you this question. If she had white hair, and they called her Winter. <laughs> Winter? Winter. Winter? I don't She was Leia's servant in the Timothy Zahn trilogy. Right. Right. I was thinking the same thing, Gary. I, I thought it was an homage to Winter, too. I, and, I really um, did. I kind of remember that, but I read those books so long ago. Yeah, she was also like re- Rebellion Intelligence. Yeah. That's what she was. All right. If they'd called her Winter, I'd have been 100% okay with that. I really do think it. They, think they could it have done an old tie-in, and it right. would have been okay. Again, I still, I still <laughs> said you want to take the risk. If you're saying, "Hey, we're doing this because we're going to give you things that are different," give that, give that role to an animatronic and make it work. 
make and, it a character we care about. And part of me says it might have just been poor actor's, how, how, actor's how, choice. Laura Dern yeah. just may not have been the right person. I didn't like her costume either. Part. I didn't either. It was like an evening gown. Yeah. It just yeah. didn't feel right. Evening gown, the purple hair made me think of a teen dyeing their hair. I was thinking the same it thing. didn't seem no. right. Uh, every picture I saw of her, and then I heard about this Canto Bright place, yeah. I'm like, oh, she's there. She's one of the... I thought she was going to be look of it. I thought yeah. she was going to be one of the elite who's at this this planet. And then right. when I saw her on the ship, I'm like, is there a casino on the ship? Yeah. I just, and again, she that's expectations. She didn't look general-esque, and that's kind of the weird thing. Even Leia, when she's in a dress, somehow... Yeah. Still look like a general, and I, I can't mean, was this supposed that, to be a bit of a playback to Leia in the the, the single white yeah. outfit with mm-hmm. the strange hair? So they said, let's do a single outfit with the yep. strange hair, but it didn't feel princess like. I agree with or you. She and she wasn't supposed to be a princess. She was right. supposed to be a general or whatever she was. Right. So no, I had problems with Haldo. Okay. Does anybody have any uh, issue with the aliens? Which ones? The lack of. I uh, I slightly. When they went to Canto Bite, I was expecting a lot more like. Yeah. Alien-esque type things well, going on, the, and there were quite a few. Don't get me wrong. And aliens that we've seen before. But yeah, but I'm saying I was just about to say, where's the ones we're we're looking for? Like, where's a Gamorrean? Where's a, a I, I don't know. I was looking for anything that, yeah. that looked like aliens I, we've seen. I, I felt wish. like Ma, right. Maz Kanata's place was much more Star Warsy than that than one. Canto yes. I will give you that. Yeah. And I know they're trying to say Canto Bright's a different type of place. It's where the rich go, and it's supposed to be this, you know, I get the storyline they're trying to present you. But visually, I didn't like it. I, I would love to have seen a hut. Yeah, yeah especially it, as a rich guy. That's right. a rich place. Throw a hut in right. with an entourage. <laughs> yeah. I mean, let's cool. tie it together to Star Wars. And I know, it again, like, I throw everything out. Throw the baby. They, but they, to me, they threw the baby out with the bathwater. They, they took some of the core stuff, and they said they went too far. That, that whole Canto Bright thing... They people, could've, they could've thrown people it will argue with you that that's, and this is the argument I've seen, that's the emotional heart of this movie because it's Finn's story arc. Finn goes from someone thinking only of himself and escape or thinking of Rey to by the end, he sees what Canto Bright is. He sees the rich. He, he begins to understand why the Dowd and Trotten are the way they are. He comes back. He gets captured. He fights Phasma. She calls him scum. He says, I'm rebel scum. He says that line, and it's supposed to be this big moment where he's a rebel. He's going to fight for a cause that's not himself anymore. I'm going to go one step further. Isn't that great? I had to be told that to catch it. <laughs> but I'm you gonna... shouldn't have to tell me your story <laughs> points. I should get It should be presented in the story. But, but I'm going to go one step further, though. I, th- I think later on we are going to see the implications of Canto Bright through the boy, through the slaves through the other things that they presented. Now, I get what you're saying, Eric. You didn't get that from this movie. The first time we went to Tatooine, (laughs) we didn't get that from A New Hope. It was just a dirty, dusty planet we wanted to get out of in order to get to the Death Star, right? Right. So part of me says they were trying to do it that way. I actually think they may have spent too much time there. I think they did. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It was a major plot. Get in, get out would have been my philosophy on the storyline for Canto Bite just to present it and then get out with the idea that that's something we got to come back to. Here's another quick quick problem I have. This is a sheer technical one. And then I'm going to get back into Canto Bite for another reason. One sheer technical problem. This entire movie is a chase scene. It is. It is a slow motion chase between the... The the First Order and the the rebellion. rebellion. Well, the... Yeah, apparently resistance. The, and, yeah. and apparently, this to me, this made the movie feel really small. You're telling me the entire resistance is this group of ships, and the entire First Order is this group of ships? Because couldn't the First Order jump someone in front of them? It's a straight line. Let's just put some of our other ships from elsewhere in the galaxy in front of them, and we got them. It, it felt 
the logistics of it mm-hmm. and a major plot point of why this was going on. I get it. They were setting the tension up of everyone slowly running out of fuel and falling back and we're down to the last ship. But logically, it made no sense because it made the universe feel small. It made it feel like the entire First Order that somehow is threatening the entire universe or galaxy is this small group of ships chasing this small group of ships. So I didn't like that. I also didn't like that this chase, which is apparently very important and very dangerous, ships can jump in and out of it, no problem. These guys can hop in a ship and fly to Candlebright and come back. Uh, Ray can fly in and get in. These guys can fly in in another ship and get into Snoke's ship. It's like people got in and out of this chase really easily. Mm-hmm. So that bothered me because it took away the chase, you know? So all of that leads me back to Canto Bright and a question I have for you guys. What did you think of Benicio Del Toro's character and the whole plot of him? Part of me says he's plot bait for later. I I really think that's – I think they were trying to get his foot in the door. I don't like Benicio Del Toro to begin with. Maybe that's part of my issue with Mm -hmm. him. I didn't like the character at all. Mm -hmm. I think they're trying to present him as another Han Solo. A scum guy who's going to do whatever he does and not do, you know, what everybody expects him to do. I think eventually he's going to come full circle, almost like Han did, and end up saving the Rebellion in some way down the road. But Benicio Del Toro, not Harrison Ford. Right. Well, um, here's just thing. can't pull that off. Her- Han Solo never betrayed the entire Rebellion. Right. That's kind of hard to come back from. Like, yeah. He got, he got hundreds of people killed. And there is implications. <laughs> they've already implied, JJ's implied, that that character is going to play a major role in his movie. And I just, if they try... Oh, to, as a bad guy, hopefully, because that's all I can see. If they try to do did. it, I mean, part of me says you can't redeem yourself from thousands of rebels dying in, in ships that you told the, the First Order about being cloaked. I mean, how do you come back from that? You just, you can't. So they fly to Canto Bright. Mm-hmm. First of all... Every movie we've ever seen, you fly into a port and you land. Right. These guys land on a beach. And apparently that gets them arrested. So that whole plot point, like, what? You land on a beach? Yeah. And you get arrested for it later? It just seemed like... And the ship, to me, looked like Anakin's from the Clone Wars, too, by the way. Yeah, I will give you that. They get thrown into a cell, and it happens to be with a guy who's perfect to break the codes and get him into the... It seemed way too convenient. They've got this entire Mm -hmm. town... And they get thrown into a jail cell. The guy's like, well, I'm a code breaker. I can do exactly what you need. Let me unlock all the doors and get us out of here. Would it have been better if they didn't get arrested? They found the guy with the tux. They convinced him. He came back and everything was that way. Would that have been better? (sighs) Yes, to me, even though it's more straightforward. Yeah. Um, It would have been better. I still would have liked if the guy ended up not being the guy they were after. If somehow Benicio del Toro was the character. But they didn't just didn't just, like, run into him in a cell. It yeah. just seemed kind of, like, way too convenient. Right. You know what would have been awesome in this situation? That the guy that had the red flower was Lando Calrissian. Yeah, and that's what I was half hoping people expected that, that was going to be it. The right. best slicer in the galaxy was Lando Calrissian. Yeah. I, that, to me, that would have been... Or somebody else along that line. Actually, I was half expecting somebody like Greedo. You know what I mean? Like, somebody who's, like, in the middle, like, walks a weird middle line, like, like... I don't know, one of the bounty hunters from, from Empire Strikes Back. You know, wouldn't how cool would it have been if it was Bosk? IG-88. Or IG-88. Or somebody <laughs> you know, like that. Like, you know how what cool I, would it have been? Here's, here's something I would have been better K2SO, with. K2SO, I don't know. Here's Who's rebuilt. Here's know. something I would have been better with. They go to see the guy with the red flower. We see Benicio Del Toro's character hanging around in the background by him, listening mm-hmm. to them as they're saying, hey, we got to get, that's our guy. They get arrested. He ends up getting arrested too and thrown in a cell next to him. He lets them out. They escape with him. Come to find out, he's the guy they were looking for all along. The guy with the red flower is a decoy. 
And okay. he was standing in the background listening. Right. And surprise, surprise, we did get the guy we needed. He found us. Right. Because he uses this decoy. Cause and he, you would have been okay with that. I would have been okay with that okay. because it would have at least made sense that he, he keeps the decoy around. He overheard them. So he got himself thrown in jail on purpose to go with, I mean, something to connect it rather than just he happened to be there. When, when the storyline is he happened to be in the same place you had to go, I have problems. It's just too convenient. Okay. So let me ask you guys about this because we spent a lot of time on Canto Bite. How about the storyline between Luke and Ray? And just the whole planet of uh, Octu, right? I think was the yeah. name of it. What you didn't tell you, by the way. Uh, right. Yeah, I know. Everyone's waiting for that one. So what do you guys think of that one? I mean, how, what did you think of that whole storyline? It was, I get it. It was very Yoda, Luke, or Luke-ish from Empire mm-hmm. to an extent, different yep. still. I saw some concept art of what uh, Octu was supposed to look like originally, some of the stuff that or Lucas was looking at before he left. Yeah. I liked that concept art better than what we got because it looked more Star Wars to me. Okay. It had the kind of domed, almost Job of the Hutt-esque palace up on a hill, kind of overhanging. Still had the same kind of island feel with the steep cliffs and stuff, but it had a bit more Star Wars than stone huts. Right. I wished it had looked a little more Star Wars to me. And I do end up having the same problem that a lot of people have with Rey in wondering, why is she so powerful with no training? I was hoping that he'd be Yoda. He was going to be the master now, or Obi-Wan, and he now he's doing it, and I wanted to see him like that. And So I wanted more training. I wanted, you know, maybe they needed a montage. I don't know. But, <laughs> montage! But they, um, they, you know, he had three points for her, and I was like, oh, what are these three points going to be? And What were they? I, I think we got one point. Yeah, reach um, out or whatever. Yeah, and um, so I wanted more yeah, <laughs> yeah, I did like that. <laughs> I did. I wanted to see just more of that, and I felt like we didn't get that much. And that's one of my complaints about her. Before a lot of people's complaints is that she's just very powerful, very quickly. And as somebody did explain, uh, oh well, she is the balance to the. Well, they kind of explained that in Last Jedi. She's the balance. So you know what? That's the more powerful the dark side got, then the more powerful. And I'd be, has to I would be it, fine yeah. with that description if she was being amazed by what was happening to her. Right. If she was acting differently, if she was like, you know, an act and, and failing at a couple points, like not doing something, the right, you know, strong enough or, or, you know, learning her ability. Instead, she seems to be very, nat- everything's so natural to her at the point where she's just confident and I'm going to dive into a fight with Praetorian guards and I'm going to be fine and I'm going to win it. And it seems like she should be more shocked by this increase in her abilities and stuff other than just a line where she's like, I don't know what's happening to me. Great. Now show it. Don't, again, don't, ex- don't say it to us. Show it to us. Good movies don't explain to you their plot points or their character motivations or how their characters feel. They show you so you get more emotionally invested. And I felt like so much of this movie was telling you points, telling you things that were going on. And if she's rising up, if she's supposed to be getting this power, show these incremental power bursts where she's surprised and we get the tie-in. We get that there's this balance happening and she's being almost yanked along to a fate that's bigger than she expects. Rather than... Well, from the get-go, she's a perfect pilot, a great gunner, and can now move the side of a mountain in about the same time that Luke couldn't even lift his X-Wing out of water. Right. So it's like even Anakin, when who was supposed to be one of the most powerful Sith you know, users, whatever, we didn't see him doing major stuff for years until he developed his abilities. Right. So I know the line is supposed to be the dark happens, the dark rises, the light rises to meet it. And they're almost using that as a crutch just to make her a powerful character rather than building her into a powerful character. You know, you know what the other thing that bothers me about that? <laughs> as a teacher, 
in order to learn, you have to make mistakes. Yes. Has she made a mistake yet? That's my problem. I don't think she's learning. <laughs> like, part of me says, as a teacher, you have to make mistakes. Luke couldn't lift the freaking X-Wing out of the water, and Yoda lifts it out, puts it on the ground, and Luke says, you I don't know, believe it. I don't believe it. And, and Yoda says, that's why you fail. Yes. There's the learning moment for Luke. She you hasn't, doubt yourself. She hasn't had a learning She moment. has not had a failure yet. So if you're winning all the time, and this is, I have this discussion with my students all the time, if I'm getting 100 on everything and everything on anything, then I'm not doing my part as a teacher, am I? Because you already know it all. Right. So she's not pushing herself beyond her boundaries. She's not seeing how far she can go. So she's that perfect straight-A student, which I'm not challenging her then, yeah. or Luke isn't challenging her then. So who's challenging this girl? Now, I the mean, problem like, I have is that people tie that to her gender. Mm-hmm. And they say, oh, it's because she's a girl and they're making her perfect. It's not okay, about that. switch it. If it was a guy character doing all these same things, I'd still have a problem with the right, character right. because the character is not growing and I'm right. not attached to it. So take gender out of it. I want to see a character, and this goes back to the hero's journey, Joseph Campbell, the inspiration for Star Wars, right. the flawed hero. Right. The hero has to overcome some sort of flaw within themselves to advance. Luke had his disbelief, his novice, his, the world was new to him. He was, he was like we were as kids. He experienced things and, and experienced the bigger universe, and we experienced it with him. She's doing the same thing, but she's walking it all into it like I own it already. I can do all this. What if, all right, so propositioning an idea for you. What if her flaw is the fact that she's perfect all the time? That she thinks she's this amazing force user. And that's what makes it easy to tip her to the dark side. Because now we've got, I mean, ultimately, we have a new supreme leader. We have Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren, a supreme leader. And he's going to need an apprentice. He's going to need an apprentice. Right. He's had a relationship now with okay, Rey. great. That sounds like a great <coughs> idea. Do you think in a million years it's going to happen? No. Disney will not turn her. They will not have her go dark. And they're not going to have that happen because that's not what this story is about. I don't see it happening. If it happens, I'll, t- I'll be the first to admit I was wrong, and it's a shocking <laughs> twist. But they're not going to do stuff. I mean, like it that. would be an awesome twist, though, too, right? Like, don't you think? I, you know, I know all the females in the world would go, "Oh my god!" Blah, blah, blah. You know, I don't care. Really, I really don't care. I think it would be cool to see Kylo Ren convince her to come to the dark side anyway. He comes really close in this movie. I mean, in that scene where he's like, "Just join me. We could rule the galaxy. We could do this." She seriously considers. I mean, when you see that scene, when you really think about it, she almost does join him just to try to bring him back because that's her ultimate hope here. And part of me says maybe, maybe they're setting up her her strength to be your ultimate weakness. She's going to be the new hero of the third movie. She's going to be the Jedi who she brought. She's rescued the book. <coughs> she start a new order. She probably will. Whatever. But... It just it. Her storyline has been too easy. Yeah. And he, Luke lost a hand. Mm-hmm. Been beat up, damaged, kill, scratched up by a wampa, almost frozen to death in the snow. I mean, things happened to him that he overcame. Right. She's not getting damaged or suffering or growing from those bad experiences. She's just moving right. through this thing like a snowplow, pushing everything out of the way. And to me, that's weak storytelling. I don't care if it's a girl or a guy. It's weak storytelling. If you're, that's why people go. Kylo's interesting, and I've grown to like that. Kylo is a very interesting character because he's yes. so freaking flawed. Yeah, he's horribly flawed. There's multiple flaws with it, and that's yeah. cool. I'm I'm interested in seeing. Where, at least I'm interested <coughs> in seeing where he grows to. I'm not interested in Ray right now, because without some big reveal like her parentage, her lineage, whatever they're gonna do, you know, or or nothing. It just seems like greatness thrust upon her. 
without the weight of it almost. It feels weightless to me. Okay. So let me ask you another question. What do you think of what did you think of the whole Luke Skywalker walks in to Kylo Ren's and, and and we got two perspectives on this whole thing. It was really weird that they tried to tell you both sides of the point of view, but somehow it still ended up being the same story. It was the same story. In one he was like lifting the sword to kill him and in the other he just lit he it. He just the, lit it up. And right. then he went, What am I doing? And he stopped himself. Right. So I mean Ultimately, Luke admits this is what he did. He walked in. He had planned on killing Kylo Ren because he sensed the dark side in him, and Kylo defended himself. Right. So part of me sat there and walked out the second time and went, who's in the wrong? Was Luke in the wrong? Was Kylo in the wrong? I mean, like, part of me said, we still at this point don't know. Did, had Luke finally touched the dark side that he decided he was better off killing a student? Then hanging on to him, that Kyle is that what pushed Kylo over to the dark side was Luke I, coming what after if, him. And what if we had? I was gonna say, what if we had <coughs> seen more of the school of mm-hmm. the time time there? And again, this is telling a different story than what they told, right? And that we're not seeing any of this. But what if Kylo being so dark, Ben Solo being so dark, that it almost infected Luke? Yeah, it tainted him by being around it so much. There was right. a dark presence in that school for a year. And as it grew, it affected him to the point where he finally reached out. That dark force wanted him to kill, right? Because he wanted it wanted it wanted Luke to turn. But in the end, he stopped himself. If I'd seen all that, I'd be fine with the scene because the darkness always tempts the powerful. But we didn't see any of that happen. Again, we're told it. Well, instead, I think I, I'm, I'm thinking back to the Palpatine saying that Palpatine had, which was, in order to go to the dark side, you have to embrace your emotions. And so I think Luke had finally embraced his anger at Kylo for being the guy who was turning to the dark side. To me, that was a sign that maybe Luke had turned. And then he scared the crap out of himself. And then went, okay, that's it, no more. And then, like, walked away. Like, remember, Ray said he disconnected himself from the Force. No Force. It wasn't in him. It wasn't around him. He completely disconnected himself because I think he actually scared the crud out of himself that maybe he was starting to be... Like, like his dad, mm-hmm. and yeah. and that was a disconnect, you know. And that, to me, that was kind of a cool thought wow. process, you know. That'd be an interesting story to see. <coughs> he definitely thinks he's the one who caused Kylo Ren to be. Dark. Oh, I, yeah, yeah. So that's why he was so grumpy and you know, yeah, depressed and <laughs> ran. I I just I don't want to see Luke depressed and grumpy. You know, that's I was disappointed because I, I wanted to see him happy, you know, and. Yeah, but um, anyway, and go ahead and explain it, like with Luke, with Han, and everything. What you said to me about all the characters. Oh, just uh, yeah, the the trilogy in whole. You mm-hmm. know, I just wish that we had seen one last adventure with you know the three main characters together and happy, not divorced and depressed and. I mean, dead. yeah, everything we're seeing has is negating Return of the Jedi. Right from to the point, you know. Luke and Leia, not together, and they have problems. Right. Han Solo, gone back to smuggling and kind of hiding out in the universe, dealing with horrible people who hate him. Luke, hiding away forever. R2-D2, shut himself down for 20 years or whatever. Right. It's like... Even C-3PO's got a new arm. I will, ne- I, will, <laughs> I will never be able to get over the fact that they sat down and had Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, and Harrison Ford all agree to come back to Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And they said... We're never going to put them together, though. Let's do it that way. Let's get all these major actors to recommit 
and we're not going to, you know, have them interact. Okay. <laughs> to me, that's like, why did you think that was the best for your audience? You could still tell all these same things and still have the problems with the sun and all that and not give them your characters to be the characters okay. a little bit, even a little bit. So to me, that's just like a... It's, I hate when directors do that. And it's almost like they feel like, well, we know the better story to tell you. You know, this is the way we really should tell it to you. And you're going to like this. And to me, it feels like you're kind of... And yeah, you're the director. You're, you're the writers. You're dictating. But you're not being, to me, true to the story in a way. It, and who knows? They could still, if these guys are... They could do with a little de-aging. Sure. <laughs> they could put a scene in the last movie where we saw the three of them before they all split up. Sure. Great. It could give us that, I guess. But now it's kind of past the point. You know, it's mm -hmm. it's it just feels uh, it's very hard for me to explain. And and I know a lot of it is expectations. And a lot of people say it's the older generation yep. not happy with the changes. And the kids, you know, younger generations are loving this movie and they're huge fans of Kylo and they love Ray. I get it. Things pass from generation to generation. But it does seem odd to me that two thirds of this trilogy was fine for the older generation, but the third third is not. It's it's like, why not give the third third to, to, the, to everybody as well, the older and the newer, and finish that off, and then go tell your new stories that end the third, end the nine, definitely leading into a new generation, but it seems like they're doing this at this weird halfway point in a third trilogy, and it just, it just seems like bad pacing. Okay. Now, I think right with the... Uh, uh, Luke going to kill Kylo there. I think that's a lot of reminiscent of Obi Wan and Anakin. Oh yeah, where Obi Wan actually fought Anakin, where Luke didn't play Kylo or Ben in this in this aspect. Obi Wan knew his failure with Anakin. Luke was seeing it too and he realized if he did kill him then it, or att attack him fight him it'd just make him more powerful than what he was already yeah I get that, that that's my whole thing but here's the thing Ben had seen Anakin murder kids <laughs> so right. he's like I am gonna go fight you right all Luke had seen and yeah we don't again we don't know what he saw in Kylo right but I don't think Kylo had murdered anybody yet or else he wouldn't be lying there asleep all comfy in the school. You know, I think there'd be problems. Well, so I, I feel, unless it was something he did on an, out in an adventure and came back and Luke learned about it. But again, this is all stuff we have to kind of guess at. We don't right. know. Well, you, you, you need to see the, the Force vision or something that Luke saw then. Something, well, uh, yeah. I mean... No, that, that, that's... I honestly think that Obi-Wan knew that Anakin was turning before he actually turned. Well, I do, I do too, yep. All right, and that's, and that's where he failed himself, <laughs> where he failed, right there. He, I think he sensed it a lot earlier. I, I think he sensed it by Attack of the Clones when, when Padme fell out of the ship, the gunship, and Luke wanted to go, or, or Anakin wanted to go back for After Padme. Yeah. I, I really think right there is when Obi Wan finally realized Luke is not I, emotionally here. Anakin, you know, Anakin. Why do we keep saying that? Anakin wasn't wasn't emotionally here. Yeah, what do you think about that, Josh? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I would I would say. <laughs> Sorry. He's he, never going to live that down. <laughs> I would say he's even seen it for, earlier than that when they're in the elevator going up to see Annie. Well, yeah, that might be. Yep. Yeah, he senses I, it. I, I sense you're going to be the death of me yet. Yep. Yeah, he even says it then. Yeah, you're right. So, and I, I do think the Luke story to me in this whole movie is about redemption. Ultimately, he fights it the whole way. 
but doesn't he redeem himself in the very end? I mean, to me, that that whole last scene was about the redemption of Luke Skywalker, finally. Right. Even though we're mad at him, even though we're pissed off <laughs> that he walked away from the Order, that he would push Kylo to the dark side, that he'd be dumb enough to walk in and light a lightsaber up to even think about killing a student. Ultimately, this is like Darth Vader throwing the Emperor down the shaft. This was Luke's moment for redemption. And to me, that proved that he's not his father. Because otherwise, Luke Skywalker is Darth Vader. He's no better. He, he is the bad guy. He is the guy who pushed somebody to the dark side. He is the guy who did all these bad things, ultimately, in, in, in an effort to do good. But and I'm, really. I'm fine with that being his story arc. I'm not as fine with his big redemption was, hey, I'll distract this guy. You guys go out the back door. That's his big redeeming moment. Not some rescue of... I mean, you, people say he rescued them all. It, it was just a distraction so people could go out a back door and fly away. Hmm. It didn't feel like enough. I'm okay with him pushing himself so hard that he, he and then being at peace with himself and vanishing. But it also seemed a weird disconnect. Like him saying to Kylo, I'll see you around, kid. You know? As if he wasn't going away, as if he was still going to be around. And I guess some would say the Force Ghost. He's going to be, since he well, faded, he'll be back. he can be a Force yeah. Ghost and he can now start. Mm-hmm. Is the third movie going to be him taunt, you know, hovering over, you know, like a voice inside uh, Kylo's he's head? He's sparkly glowing. Yeah. <laughs> is, is it going to be something inside Kylo's head or something? Is, is Kylo going to see him like he's been seeing Ray and be like, go away, I don't want to talk to you? And is that going to happen in the next movie? <laughs> It'd be so funny if he came back and started talking to him in a Joker voice. <laughs> oh, gosh. No, he's going to come back shirtless. And Kyle's gonna be like, "Can you please put a shirt on?" And Luke's gonna be like, "What's wrong? <laughs> Take just, it in." I'm just Kyloing. <laughs> so, so let me ask you guys this one now: What's your favorite parts of this movie? Let's let's be positive okay. for one. No, that's fine. Because yeah. I think there was a lot of good in this movie. Yeah, the right? Praetorian we guard stuff. fight. We've only talked about bad. The Praetorian stuff. guard fight. You liked the Praetorian the guard entire fight. fight. I came out of that going, "That was awesome." Okay. That I loved them working together yeah, I right love that moment where it's like okay what's going on you know that was a moment that and worked it was, that me. was kind of weird because like wait they're both wait they're bo- he's good she's but that and that I was who's okay good, with that who's confusion. Here, you know? I was like, good with that confusion I actually like that yeah it was a neat moment tied with good action yeah I also liked the throne room I first I thought it was weird because it was red and you couldn't see the end of it right and then through the fight you realize oh it was like a screen yeah. and right I thought that was really awesome <laughs> the, <laughs> things, yeah. I, things I liked unconditionally yeah I unconditionally liked uh, R two D two replaying the Princess oh, Leia. That was kind of me- cool. Message. Great moment. Yeah. Yeah, and, and Luke saying, "What are you trying to do to me?" You know, like you That's know, low, low, low blow, low this blow. Low blow. Yeah, I, I did like that. I liked how they were affectionate with the droids. They mm-hmm. they really liked their droids. You know, previously droids were not something that you would, you know, pay any much mind to. So I thought that was cool how they. It was almost like all of a sudden they realized droids exist, you know, like, hey, there's droids and I shouldn't care. Gary, what did you think? What were your what are your favorite parts? The very beginning with the assault on the Thursday or the dreadnought, whatever it was there. Okay. I like that. With with Poe. But the only problem I have with that whole thing, though, is being the First Order and all that, why would they fire on the ship first and then fire on the planet? Yeah. And the game. Right. Right, because then they can't escape. Right. right. They did it in the wrong order. I, I loved, absolutely loved the way it was filmed, 
the way it was presented, and the soundlessness of, yes. of the, ship. the ship going to yes. light speed through yep. Snoke's ship. That scene was one of the more epic moments I've seen on screen in years. Did you hear what Regal had to do? Yeah, because the of signs. That? They had to put signs yeah. up telling people, yes, there is no sound in this part of the For film. Ten seconds. For ten seconds. Now, part of me said that was a great throwback to that Django Fett bomb. Yes, I love that. From episode two. It was my favorite part of that movie. But right. exaggerated to like Right, but exaggerated five to even longer. Yeah. You know, no sound, no nothing for ten seconds. I mean, it felt like an eternity, now, but it was so cool. Now, the part that, that I good. like the, the best, though, is everybody that commented about that scene, ooh, that's the first time we've ever seen it happen. Mm-mm. No, it's not. Where was the first time we seen it? Trying to think back. Didn't they do it in Star Trek one time? They no, no. Okay, it's in Star Wars. It's in Star Wars. Yep. Okay. Well, we saw it. We did see him light speed out of the, with the Millennium Falcon out of a ship and destroyed the monster and no, stuff. No, but what no. are you thinking? The uh, aircraft carrier Rebels. That took out the indicator destroyer. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, they they jumped right into it. I forgot about that. Oh, yeah, that's right. So maybe that was a throwback to Rebels a little bit. Oh, that, was huh. a, that was a Filoni episode. There. That was a Filoni episode. <laughs> huh, imagine that. You were all over that. That's right. <laughs> and I was the only one, too. <laughs> so I did like Luke's reaction to stepping out, being shot by the walkers, and then coming out, like yeah. brushing his shoulder off, and the start of the fight with him and Kylo and stuff like that. I didn't quite like Kylo's posturing. I didn't quite yeah. get why he's just leaning, like yeah. sticking, jutting his face forward, and it was a weird kind of. I guess it was supposed to make him look like a tantruming kid. But I, I think that's but. been his fighting style all along. If you look at even back in the Force Awakens, his fighting style was with his his sword back and his yeah. body leaned forward. That seems to be a style he was taught. He's a brutal right. fighter. Yeah, it's it's not. You know, it seems like his fighting style is not elegant. It's very much like you'd fight with a broadsword, right? It's and I, I think large. It's blocking right. larger strokes, large motions, not and fencing correct. and martial arts style. Correct. I do and like I, it. I, I think that's the difference there, and that might be what's throwing you off. Is we haven't seen that with a lightsaber yeah. before. But it's it not necessarily a lightsaber. Stance. It was the way he he his, his body. He had his face like yeah, really far forward, like he was. T- I don't know. It was weird. Um, but I did like Luke's entire reaction in that moment. Now the the character that I got a lot more respect for is General Hux. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A little bit, yeah. He actually, he, you're seeing he's in a hard, granted, he's running a horrible group of people who are neo-Nazis, basically, yeah. but, but he's see, in the middle. you see how hard he's got it, trying yeah. to deal with Snoke and with the, with the, the people around him. And now I actually thought it was kind of funny when Kylo threw him. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, like against the wall. Now, that's the one thing I actually kind of liked about this movie. As weird as it is, the humor was actually well put. In, I was okay the with movie. it. Some people was, said it was too funny. I was okay I with it. I thought it was great. Movie. I thought Poe ripping on Hux at the beginning was awesome. Yeah. I loved that. The, I don't know. It was a little... His his dialogue was a little... He should have just been like, I can't hear you. That whole, I'll hold. <laughs> yeah, was I know. A little, I didn't like that but reference, I mean, but I liked the whole, I, I can't hear you I thought it was hysterical. Thing. I really did. I, I thought it was great humor. I thought... I thought Luke throwing the lightsaber of shoulder. I loved that. I thought that was great. Like, meh. you know, like I don't want that thing anymore. I'm 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 no longer yeah. even connected to the Force. Get this thing yeah. out of me. You know, I I there was a whole bunch of humor like that that I actually truly kind of appreciated because in amongst all this crazy action that's going on, there's quite a bit of humor going on. We don't see that a lot in Star Wars films. You know, one bit of humor I can't say I liked was the. The iron coming down like it was a big ship. Oh, it was yeah. like straight out of Hardware Wars. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I just thought, yeah, I, just, I don't know. It didn't. That didn't one didn't work for me. I forgot uh, about that one. I know a lot of people liked it, but I felt it was misplaced. I felt like it was 
better in a funnier die sketch or something. I think it actually was an homage to Hardware Wars. Yeah, I think it I really do. Was. It probably was. And I, I, but I, I thought, you know, in context, it was a little bit funny. I, I don't know. No, I, people laughed at it for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. So a lot of the humor worked on me and uh, a lot of it didn't. So whenever it didn't land for me, it took me out of it. And so I was a, very aware of the humor the whole time. Yeah. So, you know, that's one of the reasons why I'm half and half because, you know, it was it was good in many spots, but then not so good in other spots. Okay, two words. Green milk. <laughs> Unnecessary. <laughs> Just, it, it pulled me out. I know it was trying to show him, it was trying to turn him in kind of like a crazy old man is uh-huh. what they were going for. But the, the creature... Sitting there like a human with what looked like breasts, him squeezing it. Well, they were. No, but but it didn't look like an udder. It looked like it it would have been better if it was an udder. It would have been better if it was a creature on all fours with an udder and did it and drank it. I'd have been fine with that. They 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 kind of pushed it into a weird direction, (laughs) and it seemed unnecessary. And then the woman in the can in not the cantina the uh, canto break the casino casino. Yeah, she's got what. (laughs) 13, 14 breasts, and... I guess I didn't notice that one. You I didn't notice I'll go back that? and look for that. They zoomed right in on her, and it was... I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh, another... I think it's the same species as the uh, one dancer in Jabba's Palace. Oh, okay. All right. It was... Yeah, watch it a third time. <laughs> you'll see it. It's, it's, it's surprising. Okay, I got a question. Gary, what'd you, hang on. Oh, what do you think of green milk? <laughs> I just laughed at it. I, I, I did, too. I actually kind of liked it. I thought it was funny. and, 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 and <laughs> I know it puts you out of the moment, but I, I actually kind of liked the fact that it put us out of the moment. <laughs> and the look on Luke's face when he looked at, looked at her and his milk... Uh, well, I think he gave skin. Ray that look almost like a, so what you going to do about it? You know, <laughs> yeah. like kind of like a, you know, what are you going to do about it? <laughs> then, she looks, then she looks at the, whatever it was, there, the creature there, and it looks, looks back at her like, what? <laughs> and I, so here's the part where I was like, I was half expecting this. I was waiting for every female group in the world to go, that was not right. <laughs> because, you know, you're taking advantage of a female while watching a female Jed for a future female Jedi looking on. And part of me said, that was kind of like a big middle finger to that moment. But nobody caught on to that. So, like, yeah, here comes the email for us. Yep, but, yeah. like, I caught on to that. Like, maybe that was the moment where some, nobody caught on to the message that was being sent there. You had a question. Go ahead. What do you think of Phasma? And how she was treated in this movie after her treatment in Force Awakens, because <coughs> they keep putting her, they putting in the magazine spreads with all the major characters. They're show, they're treating her like this major character. I still think she is. So you think she survived? No, I yeah. think she survived. Oh yeah, nobody, no bad, no nobody, death. no death. That's I the know. rule. Matter of fact, that's why we think Han Solo's still alive. I uh, think she becomes a Boba Fett esque character now. She's gonna be scarred underneath a helmet somewhere, almost Darth Vader esque. I think actually. And I think that's going to be what enrages her. I think she's going to be on the hunt now for Finn. I think that's going to be part of the storyline for the next movie. Phasma wanting revenge about being badly burned. So the end of Force Awakens, <coughs> she was mad at Finn because she was thrown in the garbage. And now mm-hmm. the end of this movie, she's going to be mad at Finn because she got burned. So the end of the movie is she keeps being mad at Finn because he beat her. Correct. But this time I really think she's got a serious bone to pick. I mean, he, I mean, being thrown in the trash is embarrassing. Yeah. And then you have to escape an exploding planet. Right. Okay. So, <laughs> so, I mean, that's embarrassing enough. But now, now she goes in the fire. She gets burned. She gets wrecked. Her body's destroyed. He ruined her mask. Right. Right. He ruined her mask. She's <laughs> mangled. I mean, part of me says now she's really like, this is, yeah. you know, this is serious moment. This is in a coming out of a Sarlacc pit moment. The next time they meet up there, uh, she's going to kill Rose, and then the two of them are going to go off running like, happily ever. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> okay. 
This is why you don't write movies because people would be like, "What the? Who wrote this?" <laughs> Dave Filoni did, right? Yeah, exactly. What, what the Filoni, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, any other positives of this movie? I mean, like, I, I saw a lot of other positives. I like. I like. I like the throne room. I did like the Praetorian Guards. Part of me wonders: Were the Praetorian Guards the Knights of Ren? I wondered that too. And we just haven't told that part yet, or we just haven't revealed that yet, or maybe. They left that MacGuffin out there on purpose so they can explore that in the next movie. I don't know, maybe. But part of me said, if you counted up the Praetorian Guards, there's more of them than the Knights of Ren, though. That's there the was, only thing that threw eight, it off. Wasn't there? There were eight Knights of Ren in the movie, but there were 12 guards. Okay. So that's why I was kind of like, maybe not. Because mm-hmm. I made sure to count the and second sorry, time I watched the film. When I saw those, dro- those concept arts for those Knights of Ren and the different styles and the looks of them yeah. and the armory and the names of them. Yep. Use that. That's fantastic. I want to see that. <laughs> I don't think it's out. I really don't. I, I think that's not. the next movie. I, they got to go somewhere with something. I still I think, think it was a flash Ren. forward. I still think that's what she was you, seeing. You might be right. Was was a future event where she she fights the Knights of Ren. And well, either she fights the Knights of Ren or they are the new Jedi Order. I mean, that could be another thing too. I, I don't know. That that it'll be interesting to see well, how that plays out. She has to fight the Knights of Ren, and then the Mandalos show up and take them out. Yeah. Oh, that would be kind of cool, actually. Oh, sorry. I was interrupting your positives. That's okay. So, so for me, I, I did like that scene. I liked the humor. I, I liked Rose to an extent. Part of her character bothered me a little bit just because of the way she came into the storyline. Yeah, she seemed way too bubbly and also yeah. oblivious. Yeah, like like comedy movie oblivious. I've had girlfriends like that though. I guess so. That's probably I was kind of like. Ah, I'm and okay then with and that. then the way Finn acted though, like the whole oh let me stand here lean casually yeah. and block my back. Yeah. It just seemed not. It seemed too comedic. Yeah, but I mean. Without Rose, the whole scene at the end doesn't make any sense at all either. So, you know, part of me said you had to have Rose in order for Finn to have angst in order to create that whole story arc. At first, I the first time I watched the movie, I did not like that final scene with the attack on the base, on the planet. It just Her seems, T-boning him, which would have killed him. Right. I mean, there's <laughs> just... Should have killed them both. Should have killed them both, yeah. There's just so many things about that. It seemed very Lord of the Rings-esque with the big old, uh, you know, rammer the for the... Gun. Battering ram for the gun, you know. Uh, it's Death so, Star technology. Right. You know, I mean, so part of me said, you know... But the second time through, I was actually able to accept some of it and be like, you know what? Yeah, that, you know... They would have built up technology over time. There's there's some things that would have implied that that, that technology could have been used. And part of me also said, I, I, I'd heard rumors, and now I'm hearing some more confirmation. The ending didn't go out the way they had originally intended. So let me explain an ending they had thought about, and, and let me see what you guys would think about this one. The thought process for the ending was, instead of just Luke going out there, it was going to be Luke and Leia. So Luke would force project, Leia would force project. Leia would go out to talk to Kylo, she would fail, and Luke would be forced to physically confront Kylo, all through force projection. And that both of them would be gone. They would both disappear. And Rianne decided not to do it because he was too afraid that if he killed both characters, the fans would hate him for life because he killed the two main characters that anybody ever loved. And so he didn't want to do both. So he figured killing one kind of left him... Not so much in the bad light. Do you think that would have been better to have Leia and Luke out there trying to convince Ben's, you know, Leia's son to turn back? Would that have helped to improve that last scene? I would have liked that if she was out there not force projecting. I would have liked if she went out there to talk. Got killed. No. Luke shows up. If he can force project, he can move her with the force. True. He 
pulls protects her, her out of the way and protects her, and does the thing with Kylo. And but I, here's the thing: we've never we're never going to get to see Ben confront, talk to his mother. There's no, no dealing there like he did with his father. So there's another thing they've lost out on because of the, the passing of Carrie Fisher, and it's it's like they're waiting. Yeah. On these, mo- tell us those moments again. It, show us these things. It, Part of me says they may have had that planned, but and that's now, probably what now the, they're yeah, kind of. And that's the problem. You know, that, yeah. They're kind of foobard at this point, and that is part of me says a lot of this is messed up only because Carrie Fisher died. I mean, well, okay, wait, and on. a lot of us really are looking at it that way. Here's, and here's a point. Up no, no, Fisher here's a point. Then, if he originally <coughs> was considering, yeah, possibly killing her at that moment, then it's pretty clear there isn't a planned story arc for her. They're making that part up again as they go because right. there was a big con- possible point where they were thinking we could, could just kill her here. Oh no, we shouldn't. That would be bad. Okay, we're going to tell more story well, with that, her later. That, from my understanding, that wasn't to, to be clear in early like writings when they were sitting down talking in writing right. talks. That was a discussion that was had very quickly, but thrown out. From that's my fine. understanding because they did want to give her. An but arc if they're later considering on. that, then clearly there wasn't a plan from Force Awakens. Well, no, there wasn't. There, there. I mean, as far as like Carrie Fisher right. having the third arc, they didn't plan on that. Actually, my understanding was it was supposed to be a Han Luke Chewie arc, which may be what they end up doing in the long run. I mean, run maybe here. Chewie's going to get a big part. In maybe the third Chewie's going to finally have his film in the third one. That's the only one. That's the only important character they have left to kill. To, to well, I mean, to to, to old fans to, to round out the old fans. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, well, R two and C three PO. But they're not. I don't know if they'll. I would be destroyed. heartbroken if R two and C three PO were gone. Yeah. Like seriously, that would be a punch yeah, to the gut. I don't think I can handle. Here's the thing: I probably would be more upset to see R two get destroyed than I was when Han Solo got stabbed. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because of the way they did it. Right. I get it. But I'm again, I'm going back to Force Awakens. Sorry. Three <laughs> PO can go out. It'd be alright with me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! Especially with his arm. I still think my my theory with Leia is is what they're going to go with. Which is what? That she she died when the. Oh, bridge yeah. got blown. When the bridge got blown. So right. not only can Jedi force project while they're alive, you're saying they can force project when they're dead. Well, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying instead of becoming a ghost, all right, she was made made herself solid. It's just weird because she'll never be gone. She'll never come back again. Right. You know. So but here's the thing, Luke. When he force projected, he couldn't. He. This is what's weird. Why could he touch Leia but not be touched by Kylo? Why could he create? actual dice that kind of exist but then fade. It's like, is it a projection? Is it a reality? Is there matter there? Is there not? It's, is it real or is it memory? It seems to be like they can just they're kind of making up the rules as they go. And part of me, I, okay, so part of me says maybe it's a, it's, a, it's a Santa Claus thing. It's what you believe. If you believe Luke's there, then you can see and touch him. Ky- Kylo believed he was there. But if you don't, then it's kind of hard to but Kylo's clouded he, by he the be, dark side. He believed so much, he tried to ta- attack him and kill him. Agreed. But he's also clouded by the dark side. His anger is what, what clouds him. And, and he himself never really touched him. The right. saber did. But the saber did, but not him. But not him. Again, now, it, we're, now it, we're getting really picky. And if you're going to have your face... No, if you have to have your face... I'm just saying to it's talk a thought process. It's just, weird. Just, just hear me on on this. Because when he came up later, after he stabbed him right straight through... Well, then, then he knew. Then he touched him. Right. And then he is... is you know, that's when he's knew... See you around. Bye. <laughs> and, and that's when suddenly he believed Luke wasn't right. there. And that's what I'm saying. Like it's a it's a Santa Claus thing. I call it, I call it Santa Claus effect. So if he if he put his saber through him and he's not there, and then he touches him, he's not there. All of a sudden, you know, he believes he's not there. And that's when Luke's like, "See ya," because now he knows his projection no longer is did, working. Did you notice that he was younger? Yeah, I noticed. I yeah, did I notice did too. that. 
He forced dyed his hair. Yeah. <laughs> you got a haircut. I didn't catch the first time, too, that he wasn't making any footprints in the sand. Yeah, yeah I missed and that, they, too. And they, they zeroed in on it, and I, I didn't even catch it the first time. And then the second time, I went, oh, I'm such an idiot. He didn't move the sand at all. Of course he's a projection. That would make sense now, you know? Okay, got a question, major question for you. Okay. The guy that comes up out of the trench walks across the, sand, the salt there yeah. and looks at the microbiologists at the walkers. He made no tracks in the sand. They did. Okay. Because the guy reached down and tasted it saw. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That guy that w- walked out there. Think it's Rex? Could be. Uh, I'd have to see it again. He's the director of Rogue One, right? The. Uh, no, Gareth Edwards had a bit in it, but it wasn't that guy. I thought he was a guy. He was in the, the trench. He was next. Guy. He. Was, I think he was next to the salt guy. Yeah, I think he was yeah. next to him. Okay. No, I mean the guy that walked out. On the you're scene, talking about the guy. Yeah. So Rex is a Clone Wars character. If you're not familiar, uh, Captain uh, Rex. Gotcha. Who's also in Rebels? He's an old guy in Rebels. Yeah. Supposedly he's in Return of the Jedi. He's the. the they, they have confirmed it. Have they confirmed it yes, as him? He's the old guy that comes out from behind the bunker and tells the Imperial troopers with, with, the, put white, their, with the white with beard, the white beard, to put their blasters down. He's a character apparently that goes back to the Clone Wars, and since he's a clone, he's aging slower and he's slower. lasting through all of this. Right, and so there is implications. He could—I mean, he could be still he, he alive. He, he, at looks, this point. he looks like him. That's, that's true. What, that's I'd have to said. see the guy. Again. He looked like the guy from the Return of the Jedi. Is what I'm really? Saying. Yeah, yeah he did. He really kind of looked the role. I didn't even think about that, Gary. You're right. Now I want to go see it another time and go go look at I, it. I, when I first saw it the first time, I'm like, right. what do you, what do you think of us not getting for the first time? I have a bad feeling about this. I was okay with it. I think it's an overused line anyway. I'm really, actually, I'm done with the whole quoting other Star Wars movies. I'd rather we come up with our own quotes now. I mean, like, create new ones. I was, for me, I was like, oh, that's sacrilegious. You can't take that <laughs> out. You know, that, that that bothered me a lot. Apparently, BB-8 says it, and we just yeah. couldn't understand that that's what he was saying. Apparently, just before yeah. Poe attacked the ship, BB-8, what he says is, I have a bad feeling about this. So, I w- I'd be fine with that if... Poe had said, what do you mean you got a bad feeling about this? You know, something or if they like just that. put underneath the screen, you right, know, like yeah. subtitles. Yeah, I have a bad feeling about this. But uh, So I was disappointed because for me that's tradition and I, you I, know. I, I, and I get the point of this movie was break tradition. Break tradition. I would have liked it. You know, the break, break tradition would have been awesome if General Hawks or Snoke said it, you know. Yeah, like a bad, bad guy. Yeah, has has a, a bad guy's oh, never said it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it would have been funny if Snoke had been like, or perfect time. I have a bad oh, feeling about this. They, they shoot like with the tons of lasers. Yeah. They shoot tons of lasers. Luke comes out, brushes off his sword. There's Hux. Oh, I've got a bad feeling about this. <laughs> right there. Right. Yeah. You know. Uh, even a side character, the guy that was in charge of the dreadnought when it, when the, right. the bombs. Oh, I got a bad feeling about yeah. this. Yeah. This part blew up. <laughs> so have you guys heard the big controversy about the bombings? That there's no gravity in space yeah, yeah, yeah. and that you yeah, can't yeah. drop bombs. And apparently you got to think, well, they're magnetic. They were attracted to the Dreadnought or they were powered and they shot down. Well, there was another counter-argument, too, that you're within the gravity well of the Dreadnought because right. you're around the Dreadnought. What I didn't enough. like was that you're in space. You have massive technology. You can you can make gigantic ships go at light speed right. and outrun and chase the Millennium Falcon, but you can't make these bombers move faster fast than <laughs> really slow. I know, right? It just seemed <laughs> unnecessary to me. It's like... This scene's just, it's yeah. just to draw. And why is there still a bunny belly gunner in the smallest belly gun ever made for humankind? Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> yeah, I talked to somebody who hated all the throwbacks to old technology, you know, yeah. like the bombs and the decor of the casino and everything. Yeah. And it didn't really bother me too much. I actually didn't even think about 
there being I wasn't no either. I didn't either. Yeah, yeah I, I didn't think about I, the gravity. I immediately but. thought about the gravity when they were getting ready because it was all this. They set up the verticalness of yeah. it, and they fell, and they had to knock the the control down to catch it. And all of this was this kind of direct and directional directional yeah. scene setting up so that the bombs could fall. Right. And I'm like, but there's no gravity. Right. They've got a fire at the ship to. <laughs> They could have so. used a laser beam. <laughs> right, like to do the same thing. <laughs> but it's kind of like not using a, a robot, not using a droid to to send the ship into the... To just right. Like everybody, yeah, someone has to stay and pilot it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Really? It, it also bugs me that the First Order just didn't send a bunch of TIE fighters just to destroy that, yeah. that cruiser. Right. Now, yeah, you didn't need anything else. Yeah. <laughs> you, you didn't know, really... You yeah, know, I, I just sent like four or five squadrons at it. If they run out of fuel, <laughs> they run out of fuel. Who cares? Right. Th- that's their main objective. To get, uh, get, stop them from getting away. Okay, so let's do our wrap up. We're gonna rate the movie just like we do our, our Rebels episodes. So zeros a don't bother, tens a must see. I think later we'll save the now words you rank the last Jedi amongst yeah, the other yeah. films kind of thing. So we'll save that for later. But uh, so zero to ten, zeros that don't bother, tens must see. Anybody want to go first? Like want to get it out of their system? I'll say seven. Okay. So Why? give it a seven. Yeah. What What are your reasons for the seven? I enjoyed the film. A lot of these criticisms came after. In right. A it was certainly wasn't. I mean, I did watch it. I think the my favorite part. That I was the most happy was the crawl, like when the the, the words came up, you know, and I was like, ah, Star Wars, and, and then it kind of <laughs> faded after that. But still, it's a Star Wars movie. I still really liked it. Your heart's in it. I get but it. But I, I couldn't give it higher than a seven, certainly. And I definitely liked Rogue One better than this one, so. Okay. Eric, what would you give it? I'm going to give it a five. Ouch. Okay. I am dead middle of it. There's. Okay. Some I liked, some I didn't. I'm not in the passionate haters category, like you said you see online. I'm not, yeah. I'm not this destroyed my life and whatever. <laughs> I'm not. I, you, you're I okay get, with it being part of the I canon? Get, I'm okay. I'm not going to ask it to not be canon. <laughs> I get the the themes of it and the just let kill the past, let it die. They're bluntly telling you about destroying tradition. Right. I get all that. But my problem with it is not that they did those things is that they to- it was bad storytelling that they did those things right. I felt like the st- they could still do those ideas but they could have told the story much better from small things like the chase being making more logical sense to larger things like having the Canto Bright somehow be more integrated with this story the, the, the logistics of people getting in and out of this chase and going to Canto Bright and making it back all while this chase is going on the logistics of small things big running into Benicio del Toro out of nowhere and suddenly he's important he's betraying them and not there was a lot of bad storytelling in in what was good themes I like the theme of oh the rich profit off the war and this is the side of the galaxy you don't get to see right that's great Again, show us that more in an organic way. Don't make it a speech while standing on a balcony by a character we've just met in this movie. I don't like giving Haldo a major role and, and the big emotional beat of the movie when you could have given it to another character we've known for a while and taken that risk that way. I feel like a lot of these characters didn't really go anywhere. Poe didn't really have much. I mean, he failed. That was his big arc was... He's supposed to be the, the ace pilot, and in the first movie he was the hero again and again and again, and he came in to save the day. And in this one, everything he did was wrong, and people kept dying because of it. That's kind of harsh. <laughs> right. I get it, but it seemed to be a bit overkill 
and again, a bit pushing it down your throat to the point where he literally said the line, they failed at the end of his arc, you know, right. realizing that everyone's failing. So again, I like the concepts. It definitely has some cool moments. I don't mind them crapping on some traditions, but I still feel like they did throw the baby out with the bathwater and went too far, and I couldn't enjoy it more than a five. Okay. I'd actually give this one a nine. I loved it. I, there's a lot of things I loved about the movie. I actually kind of liked the changes, the massive sweeping changes that they presented to Star Wars. I think it was done not only with the, the idea that they're going to change things, but to homage some of the things that hadn't changed. And I think some of it was done in a way to grab your attention, to kind of slap your cross face and go, you know what? It, it's not about Skywalkers anymore. It's not about Solos. It's not about the Kenobis. It's not about Darth Vader. It's not about the Sith and the Jedi, which I think is ultimately the teardown of this movie. That's why the last Jedi, they're tearing down the Jedi. They're tearing down the Sith. You're, they're, I think part of what they're going to grapple with in the next movie is maybe good and evil isn't as black and white as we all like to think it is. I think that's ultimately where they're trying to move with this. And so to me, if you're looking at it from that perspective, this movie does a great job in getting you to think outside the box and go, wait a minute, maybe bad's not all bad. Maybe good's not all good. That good creates bad things and bad creates good things. And that there's this weird thing that you have to start thinking like outside of the box of what, you know, and I think that was the one thing Star Wars always did that was kind of weird was there was a bad and there was good and there was nothing really much in between except for maybe bounty hunters who did things for money. And to me, that was kind of a disservice to humanity because humanity is gray. There's people trying to do the right thing that end up with bad results. And there are people trying to do bad things that end up with good results, ultimately, in a weird way. And so I think it grapples with that a little bit. And so I, I, I'm okay with that. There are some things in the movie that throw me off slightly... I guess I'm willing to accept them a little bit. And then the other part to me that was awesome about this movie, the role BB-8 plays. I think everybody's overlooking the role that BB-8 played in this movie. I was going to ask you about him. We didn't get to it. but I loved his role in this movie because he played a hero at one point. I was going to say, you're okay with him straight up murdering people. I, I like the fact that the, the droid piloted ship blew people up. I like the fact that he got into the walker and started blowing people up. Um, he... he straight up realizes he has a role to play. We actually gave a droid almost a heroic role. Almost like R2 does at times in A New Hope and in Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. I mean, R2 wasn't as uh, integrated into the storyline as BB-8 is, but I thought it was kind of cool that when they needed a hero to kind of save the day, they turned to a droid. When they could have turned to anybody else, but the droid was the one that they kind of they walked to. I, again, Part of that is my love for the robot, too. I love being Sonic Screwdriver bullet. It was a Sonic Screwdriver your moment. You're right. But you know what? I'm willing to accept it. I watched Doctor Who. I'm good with it. So I- I'm-, I'm cool with it. Gary, how about you? Considering he's middle of the road. Yeah. And he said he had a seven. Yeah. I'm giving it a six. Woof. I liked wow. it. I liked it, but I didn't love it. Okay. Yes, there's spots I did like, like the, the whole old taking the ship through the other ship there like that. Yep. The uh, Walker scene, I always love them. They're, they're always going to be right here in my heart. I'm okay. I'm, with I'm upset we didn't get any salt troopers. Yeah, that would have been <laughs> interesting. I'm okay with Luke dying the way he did. I still think Leia died on the bridge of the ship, and that she was back as a ghost, but not as a see-through ghost like their other other Jedi's that passed. Right, that become that. 
And I think in episode nine, I think they're gonna like where did Leia go? You know, Poe's gonna realize that she died on the bridge. I think he he I think he knows anyway. But Snoke's gonna come back because I still think he's playing. Oh yeah, we too. didn't even talk about what did you think of the death of Snoke? I still I still think he's coming back because he is Plagueis. And besides, if Maul can come back and get in cut in hand, yeah, Snoke can do it. Well, Gary, tell your theory about Snoke. I thought your theory was kind of interesting. What did I say earlier? You said that, <laughs> that Plagueis isn't embodiment. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a... It's a go ahead. P- Palpatine destroyed his body. He's just inhabiting other bodies. And, and coming back and the, the, the damage that he occurred from Palpatine is what makes the new body that he inhabits looking like he does and that okay Kylo Ren killed him he's still going to come back maybe in another body or as a, as a ghost or spirit if you look at the legends books and stuff Exar Kun had, did the same thing as, mm-hmm. as a ghost and inhabited other bodies and stuff I can't think of the other uh, there's an, one other a, ancient Sith that I can't I was going to say there was an ancient Sith and but, I can't remember who yeah, he was that did the same thing I mm-hmm. think he took over Exar Kun and Yavin uh, uh, 4 Yes, couple things. Uh, one, I liked. Uh, I liked how they handled Death of Snoke. I at first I thought, oh, that's too fast. He would have seen it coming. But then the second time I watched it, I realized, oh, he was sensing Kylo turning on Rey when in fact he was turn- going to turn on him. And so, uh, so I thought that was all cool. Also, uh, something that's interesting about Snoke, I think, is that in that Jedi Temple, there's this drop this water dropping into a little pool. Apparently in the Star Wars Encyclopedia, you see a better picture of that. And it's uh, it's like some kind of guy and he's half black, half white, kind of like he's both sides of the force. Uh, but because the line down is down, he kind of looks a little like Snoke. He's kind of bald, he's got a line down him and Snoke was bald and had a, you know, had a line down his face. And so maybe that was Snoke, and maybe Snoke is just a much bigger part than we're aware of, and we'll find out later. I mean, part of me, I I, I appreciated, actually, the way Snoke died. I thought it was quick, painless. I, I, I actually was okay with that. I think it actually shows that I, I truly believe Snoke is all talk and no action. I think that's what they were ultimately trying to, to show everybody. That he was a Sith who really was all about presenting this idea that he is a Sith. Maybe he wasn't as powerful as everybody thought well, hold he on really a was. We've got now, this... he was whipping Jedi around. I was going to say, yeah, Rey is supposed to be this super powerful, growing up, super intense. Wow, I've never seen power like this before, says Luke, except right. one other time, and here's Snoke playing with her and tossing her around like a rag doll, and sure. she's helpless. And also, Snoke, if he is a Sith, which they haven't really said he is or not, True. in order for Kylo to go to his next step he's got to take care of his master this is true so that's so it it, it follows along with right. the sith ideal sith i get that ideal part, yeah that in order to become the next master you have to remove the previous right. apprentice but i still think like i said i still think he's Plagueis. he's going to come back and it's going to take both ray and kylo, kylo to Ren. take him out hmm. i can see that or maybe the future is it's ray and the boy maybe that have to take out whatever being that Snoke well, well maybe takes he takes on. over Kylo Ren and, um, that's what I'm saying that's what I was trying to imply earlier I, I'm wondering if well, later we're going to find out the the spirit left Snoke entered Kylo's body that's why all of a sudden the sudden change in Kylo's heart from wanting to work with Rey to join me we'll rule the galaxy together 
What yeah, if the spirit went from one body to the but other? But he still was the immature. He didn't act he like was. Snoke. He acted like Kylo, and he still had that obscene well, hatred for Luke. That It's kind of like when Spock took over, what was it, Kirk's body, right? McCoy. McCoy. McCoy's body. He didn't start acting like Spock right away. It took some time right. for that to develop, and I'm wondering if over some time we're going to find out maybe the spirit of Snoke rested itself into Kylo Ren's body. Maybe. Maybe. And that's why Kylo suddenly had all this power and his anger and his rage towards the end of the movie is it's starting to bubble up a little bit at this point. Yeah, uh, that, that, that's another thing, too. And Ray reached out to grab Vader's lightsaber there. Uh, Kylo kind of stopped it. In yeah. The, in the tug-of-war match. Right. Kylo wasn't as powerful as Ray, as Ray was right. until after... Snoke died. Right. Just well, no, thought. I think they were equally matched. I think I, I don't. I don't think they were. I think because they they always said in the first movie in Force Awakens because the reason, the because of the Wookiee wound, wound in the shot yeah. is why he wasn't fighting at max. I, I, I don't believe it though. I don't know. It, then this is um, see we have to argue such semantics though to jump through hoops to make this work for us. That's my problem. <laughs> and the other thing is is I, I, you hate it. We're also I, geeks. <laughs> I don't hate it. No, 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 no. What I'm going to say you do, you do hate because I do it. Too, I hate it too. What? We're going to find out all the backstory shit in the comic books or in yeah. the novels. And we shouldn't have to do that. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying there. I do. And the part of that is because I can't even keep up with the comics myself, and I'm getting them. So <laughs> I'm like 12 comics behind right now, and i, I got to get caught up on them. So it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. Okay, so there's where our <laughs> thoughts on The Last Jedi is. If we haven't talked enough for you tonight, we'd love to hear what you have to say. Again, find us on Facebook, find us on Twitter, find us on YouTube. Let us know your thoughts on The Last Jedi. I'm sure I'm going to get some hate mail. I'm all for it. Bring it on. So email us at galaxycast at gmail.com. You know what? This time, put in the subject, The Last Jedi, my thoughts. And we'll let you know you know, what you think. And if we get some comments, we'll talk about them on air. Because oh, yeah. I know we're still willing to debate this at a later date. This will, this will, this will, this will continue. We're I'm still sure. talking about Force Awakens two years later. <laughs> we are. Heck, we're, we're talking about prequels. We are still talking 10, about prequels. 15 years later. Yeah, even New Hope. 30-some-odd, 40-some-odd years later. So, as we like to say here in the Star Production Studios, may the Force be with those who listen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. We hope you enjoyed this show. Were it not for you, our loyal listeners, this show would not exist. We appreciate your time and want to hear from all of you, since our podcast is by fans and for fans. Head on over to our website at galaxycast.com to find out more about our show. Write to the show by sending an email to galaxycast at gmail.com. If you have something positive to say, use the subject line, We like and use a show. If you have a complaint, make your subject line, You failed me for the last time. And look for the GalaxyCast on social media, including Facebook, Twitter, and other media soon to come. Carry on, wayward travelers. Warp Factor 2. First star to the left, straight on till morning.